MMR's Preston C podcast is brought to you by Acme. Get more from your store with Acme's Fresh Pass program. Acme Markets. Fresh food, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Friday, January 20th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Philadelphia police released surveillance video showing the three suspects wanted for killing a gas station employee in the city's Taconi neighborhood. Investigators are hoping someone can identify the masked men by the clothing they are wearing. A 66-year-old employee was shot and killed early Tuesday morning. A family spokesperson identified the victim as Patro Siborum. He said he leaves behind a wife and a son. It happened at the Exton on the 7100 block of Torsdale Avenue. Police say three masked men entered the gas station's mini-mart and broke into the employee's side of the counter. They attacked the 66-year-old clerk and shot him once in the back and then fled with the cash register. Philadelphia Police Captain Jose Medina said it's a tragic loss of a well-liked community member who knew the kids in the neighborhood on a one-on-one basis. The manager of the Exxon gas station says they are adding security gates and will be implementing window service only during certain hours. A $20,000 reward is offered for an arrest and conviction for every murder in Philadelphia. Anyone with information about this murder or any others is asked to contact police by calling 215-686-TIPS. Police released new details Thursday about what investigators encountered when they discovered the bodies of a couple in their Jenkintown home. 43-year-old Verity Beck is charged with first-degree murder and third-degree murder and is being held without bail in the death and dismemberment of her parents. Montgomery County Attorney Kevin Steele said police arrived at the home in the 1100 block of Beverly Road on Tuesday night. That's where 73-year-old Reed Beck, a retired training director, steam fitters, local union 420, and 72-year-old Miriam Beck, a former Lower Moreland High School nurse, were found dead. According to the criminal complaint, their son arrived at the home earlier in the night and saw what appeared to be a body under a blanket. Uh, They say that he spoke to his sister for about 30 minutes. Um, She told her brother that things at the house had been bad. Her brother told Verity that she needed to call police. Investigators said that Verity responded that she needed more time. Her brother left, returned to his home, and called 911. Abington police responded to the home but soon realized that they would need tactical response. They used drones and threw in a camera, which was able to search most of the area said Abington Police Chief Patrick Malloy. When officers breached the door, uh, they made their way inside. Verity Beck walked down the stairs with her hands raised. She confirmed that her parents were deceased and that she was concerned about her cats and dogs, Malloy said. A chainsaw was located near one of the bodies, and both victims were in various stages of dismemberment. What they discovered, you can't unsee, Malloy said of his officers. The coroner uh, determined both victims died from a gunshot wound to the head. Several firearms were also recovered from the home. Whether they were sleeping or not, you just hope that they were. Malloy said. A motive for the killing is not yet known. Uh, Miriam Beck retired from her job as a school nurse in Lower Moreland High School in 2018 after 20 years. Uh, The district was made aware of her passing and they said at this time our thoughts and sympathies are with the Beck family. Former colleagues of Reed said he was someone who made everyone comfortable. Just a friendly, nice man. When you think back and reminisce, he taught a generation of apprentices, said Jim Snell, business manager of Steamfitters Law Union 420. Community members said the Becks were model parents, friends, and full of joy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. what went wrong there? Yeah. You know? In yeah. A, a beyond comprehension sort of way. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I, yeah, it's, it's wild. You, you'll never know the no. exact details of what goes on in real life and in 
But you wonder what yeah. the hell happened to, to it's just crazy to get to that it's like yeah, a horror film. Seasoned uh, pros are aghast at what they yeah. see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awful. Yeah. A fire engine was damaged during a collision in West Philadelphia. The engine smashed into the side of a Honda sedan at the intersection of North Fifty Third Street and Haverford Avenue at twelve ten a.m. on Friday. At the same time, a pickup truck and an SUV came to a stop on the sidewalk at Fifty Third and Hazel Avenue, less than a block away. It's unclear how those vehicles are involved in the fire truck crash. Authorities did. Did not report any serious injuries. Both crashes remain under investigation. Oh, that means there's a damaged fire truck up for sale. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, take a give us a call. Yeah, <laughs> give us a call. All right, in sports this morning. The Flyers lost to the Chicago Blackhawks last night in South Philly. Jonathan Taves had a a goal and an assist. Peter Mrazek made 37 saves, and the Blackhawks won for the first time in the regular season in Philadelphia in more than 26 years. Before last night, Chicago hadn't won a regular season game in Philadelphia since November of 1996. Wow. The Flyers are on the road tomorrow night with a game of Detroit against the Red Wings. The puck will drop at 7 o'clock. The Sixers beat the Trail Blazers 105-95 last night in Portland. Joel Embiid. Scored 32 points, and the Sixers stretched their winning streak to four games, all on the road with the win. James Harden added 16 points, 14 assists, and 10 rebounds for the Sixers, who led by as many as 26 points before holding on for the win. The road trip out west wraps up tomorrow night with a game in Sacramento against the Kings. Tip-off will be at 10 o'clock. The Eagles host their first game of the playoffs, mm. a divisional round matchup against the New York Giants tomorrow night at the link. Kickoff is at 8-15. The other games this weekend feature the Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Uh, the game kicks off at 4-30 tomorrow. On Sunday, the Buffalo Bills will host the Cincinnati Bengals in the early game and in the weekend's final game, the Dallas Cowboys will travel to San Francisco to play the 49ers. Kickoff for that game is at 6.30. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thank you, Kathy. Friday morning, welcome. We are happy to be wrapping up the week with you once again. we got a lot of things going on on this program today. We're going to give away our Word of the Week prize and Practical Jokers VIP prize pack. You get to announce them on stage and you get a dressing room and snacks and transportation, best seats in the house, all this stuff. Now, that's how you do a VIP package. Agreed. So we give that away today at the end of the program. Uh, we also, uh, are, we have an announcement that's going to be happening around Bizarre File Time concert announcement. We'll get those details. And outside of that, it's uh, food and football Yes, uh, today. Because, yes, food and football. Yeah, we've got Bo Allen, uh, who's going to be, is he stopping by? Or no, is he, okay. no, 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 he's, on, he's a Zoom. All right, we'll talk to him. Uh, Michael Barkan, is he stopping by? Yeah. Yay! Hey, Excellent. We can right. see Michael Barkan this morning, so we'll definitely dive into uh, the birds and more with Michael Barkan. Uh, and uh, Ghost, uh, Garces Trading Company is doing a meet and eat today. They have a location, or it is now open at the Kimmel Center. I love hearing that. And so they've dro- they're going to drop off a bunch of food, and we have actually a lot of really... Uh, good prizes to give away. You know, we have four $50 Garces gift cards, and then we're going to give away two $100 Kimmel gift cards. Wow. On top of that, and uh, Steve, on this list, if they stay true to the menu, uh, we have Jose Garces chocolate chip cookies. Whoa! This morning. And you know that those, those will be next level, right? I would yeah, imagine it's, he's an Iron Chef, for Christ's sake. Of course. All right, so uh, we have a lot going on today. Oh, 
And if you've ever dreamed of owning a Jalen Hurd signed football and mini helmet, have we got something for you? We have a Jalen Hurd signed football and mini helmet. What? Well, that's what exactly what you're hoping for. To win, I know. Wow. How are we doing this, and when are we doing this? Is it, is it up and running now? Or Let me go to Marissa it. here. We have something cool that Casey put together. It's going to be ready at the beginning of entertainment news. All right. So, stick around. Yes, that's what we'll do. We will take a break, and then we'll come back with details on how you can win that. be a pretty cool little uh, memento to have, and that is courtesy of our friends at uh, Window Nation. Oh, They've given us that. It's a to wonderful, me. warm, wonderful thing. It is. With windows. So not only the mini helmet, but the signed football from Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So uh, we have that and other things to give away through the course of the morning. So why don't we take a quick break, come back in a second. Like Marissa said, we got an entertainment report coming up, and it's chock full of things. There was a big loss in the world of uh, rock. Huge. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll cover that as well in the entertainment report. Stay with us. We'll be back in just a moment. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So we're going to give away a stupid question prize for a pack of tickets for the 25th annual Philadelphia Tattoo Arts Festival, which is this weekend, starts today, goes through Sunday at the uh, Pennsylvania Convention Center. Uh, the question is, I got this from a listener, and it's from uh, John, and he writes from Newcastle, DeBellaware. <laughs> DeBellaware. <laughs> so it's from John Shore. Uh, I'm going to reword this question, John. He had it phrased one way. I'm going to phrase it a different way. What game is also known as Knots and Crosses? 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer to that. What game is also known as Knots and Crosses? Uh, let's see if you can get that answer to us. 215-263-WMMR is the number. And then uh, I'm going I'm to go through the birthdays and give away this prize. And then, Marissa, give me the update on our uh, contest that we're doing here in a moment. Uh, so birthdays today being January 20th, uh, Edwin Buzz Aldrin. Ah, the great. Ce- celebrates his birthday today. Yes, he is uh, 93 years old today. You know, and I think it's kind of unfair that he has the uh, has the notoriety of being the second man on the moon. He's he's one of the first people on the moon. I know. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you're not so good. I know. Yeah. He was. You right. were second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they they landed together. He and Neil Armstrong landed together on the moon. As far as I'm concerned, he's one of the first ones on too. Have, so. have you done the Oculus thing? That is a recreation of the. Um the moon, the moon landing? landing? No. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh my god! Yeah, so it's uh, you're actually in. You take off on the yes. You're you're in the lem. You're you're going down on the now. It's done with um, CGI. Yeah, that's uh, fair. And it's still pretty awesome. Yeah. And uh, it gives you that perspective. Huh. Yeah, you have to do that one. Wow. Uh, there's uh, there's so many great documentaries. Uh, Disney Plus has uh, a a, a, uh, a documentary that's just on the Apollo program alone. It's it's not. Over encompassing, it's it's enough. It's kind of like uh, yeah, uh, it, it's, short, you need. it's shortcuts through the entire Apollo program, so you can get through it in about an hour. But it's it's pretty damn good. He and Neil Armstrong were decidedly different people, but they have yeah. this camaraderie, that kind of thing that is born of we are here now yeah. in this amazing moment. 
Uh, so he's 93 years old today. Uh, we also have uh, director David Lynch celebrating a birthday today. Love him. Uh, we always mention Philadelphia because he spent some time living in Philadelphia. And the city <laughs> is what motivated him to create the movie Eraserhead. Yeah. Which I've never seen. It's disturbing. It's bizarre. It's avant-garde. It's it's uh, just weird. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is like a bad nightmare. Yeah. Uh, and so most people will watch it once and then click that off. But... It's very culty. It is very culty. People love it, yeah. uh, and and it's it's worth watching it. You're not going to get wow. That was a great movie. That was funny, but it is unique. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Mulholland. Oh, that that one. Eraserhead. Uh, yeah, Eraserhead. But uh, Mulholland Drive, Twin Peaks, Blue Velvet, Dune. Yeah, a lot, lot of trippy stuff. Dune. So he didn't write the book, but he adapted the book for yeah. the movie. Yeah, and it's, I think it's a solid. I think it's a solid swipe at it. I think the the recent version is far superior. But right. It's still it's still worth checking out. He also did the Elephant Man. Right. Yeah. But know? is it, it like Dune the original? Is it is it pretty close to like being a normal movie oh, yeah. as okay. his elephant man and, okay. I mean, it's 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 still got the lynchian weirdness but it's yeah but it's it's, it's definitely yeah. doesn't dive into the super super strange stuff where he can get to but uh he is 77 years old today it's bill maher's birthday today hbo's real-time host he does a podcast where he um he gets the guests on and they drink and get high okay and have a conversation it's like club something i forget the name of it okay uh, but it's actually pretty good he's 67 uh melissa rivers daughter of joan rivers is, he? is uh celebrating her 55th today uh skeet ulrich the actor, uh, as good as it gets, Scream, uh, the short-lived Jericho, which they took off and then ended up re-filming the end because people were so pissed off. I was that. one of them. Yeah. Uh, he's 53. I feel like he was the first guest I booked for this show here at, yeah. at MMR. Yeah. In, our, in our studio next door. Yeah. He was the first one that we had at wow, MMR. really? 2005, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, it's also Rain Wilson's birthday today. We had him in the studio, too. We did. Of yeah. The Office. Yeah, he is 57. Was he promoting that movie? I think Nick and I were talking the about Rocker. His, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was The Rocker? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he turns uh, 57 today. Uh, speaking of rockers, it's Paul Stanley's birthday oh, today. Hey, Paul. Oh, Paul, Yep. <laughs> he is uh, turning 71 years old I today. I swear to God. I can't turn He, this he looks like... He loves now, the office. Yeah, he does. Uh, he looks like the woman your grandmother plays mahjong with when the makeup is off. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I would love to looking. see the woman that your grandma plays mahjong with with that makeup on, <laughs> yeah. uh, with uh, Paul Stanley Starchild makeup on. That would be great. Uh, so he is seventy-one, and then so we couldn't play any Kiss during that. No, no, because the Office is still playing. Okay. That was Kiss playing the theme to all yeah. the other. Uh, and then finally, uh, Evan Peters has ah. his birthday. Recently won a Golden Globe. Yeah, for uh, for playing Jeffrey Dahmer in Dahmer, uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, Kick-Ass, uh, Mayor of Easttown. Yeah, he was great. Uh, and he turns 36 years old today. It's uh, my mom's birthday today. Oh! Happy birthday, Betsy. And uh, it's a nice coincidence because one of her favorite eagles of all time is Bo Allen. She loves Bo and she loves Jason Kelsey. And uh, Bo's going to be on the show later this morning. So happy 74th birthday. Betsy. Makes a kick-ass meatloaf. Yes, Have some do. raisins yes. today yeah. for your birthday. All right, let's see if someone knows the answer to this question. Uh, what game is also known as Knots and Crosses? 215-263-WMMR. We will go to Kevin to see if we can get the answer. Hi, Kevin. Hello. Good morning, you beautiful people. Oh, yeah. You're a beautiful human being. All right, so what game is also known as Knots and Crosses? I'm going to go with Tic-Tac-Toe. You're correct. Hey. 
baby. Yeah, <laughs> rock and roll. Hang on, Kevin. That's what they call tic-tac-toe in England. Okay, and no adult should ever lose in tic-tac-toe, ever. Okay. Yeah. Wait, have you ever lost? As an adult, yeah. no. to your kids? Well, I mean, on purpose, yes. Uh, right. No, not on purpose. No. Somebody yeah. has to I lose, lost, though. I lost not on before. purpose. All right. I've uh, I've had a Cats game with my kids before. Uh, wait, Cats? Yeah, it's a tie. Oh, oh. oh okay. Yeah. Yeah, when you when you it's you've never heard that phrase before. No, when you tie, you'd say cat's game. No, okay, mm, yep. okay, it's a phrase. See, Lawrence yeah. up on the show. They should always end in tie. But go ahead. Bro. All right, so uh, we are going to set <clears throat> Kevin up with a four pack of tickets for the fifth annual Philadelphia Tattoo Arts Festival, which is Friday through Sunday at the Pennsylvania Convention Center. Uh, Fifteen hundred of the world's best tattoo artists are coming to Philly to tattoo you for tickets. Uh, you can visit villainarts.com. All right, before we dive into the entertainment report, we do have, and we mentioned this earlier, we have a Jalen Hurts uh, autographed mini football and, or, I'm sorry, uh, mini helmet and football. And what we're going to do is an emoji code. I like these. Uh. Casey has created the code. And if you want to crack the emoji code, all you have to do is text BIRDS to 39333, and we will send you a link to the emoji code, and then all you have to do is crack code, tune in MMR, listen to us for a certain number caller that will be the winner and win. So you go and solve this. Later on, we'll ask you to call in and tell us what that code is. It's a series of emojis that creates a phrase or a word, and we'll ask you to call in with that later on. So do that now. Text word BIRDS to 39333, and you'll have your chance to win. All right, so sad news from the world of uh, rock and roll yesterday. David Crosby, one of the major forces of music in uh, 20th century, died yesterday of an undisclosed cause at the age of 81. Uh, He had uh, battled back against crippling drug dependency and poor health for decades and was one of the few musicians of his generation still pushing creative boundaries with new and young collaborators and finishing strong with a brilliant recent run of stage performances and also studio recordings. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice, first as a co-founding member of The Birds in 1991 and then as part of Crosby, Stills & Nash in 1997. Yeah, a juggernaut. Obviously, it's weird because when I heard the news, I was like, okay, he got that second lease on life with that uh, liver transplant. Yeah. And um, and got a number of years passed. I mean, he was pretty much out for the count. It was the last second transplant they were able to execute. And then he went on to live a longer life, many decades. Yeah, he got a good 30 years yeah. out of that. Uh, absolutely <laughs> correct. And uh, it was just, uh, while... Not necessarily a huge, huge shock. It's still just yeah. horrible to hear that that happened. It's interesting. I, I was completely shocked by it. And I know that he's 81, but I just it seemed to me like he was one of these guys that was going to live forever. Like and a I tank? Guess, yeah, and, and uh, it just was the the finality of losing a guy from one of my favorite groups of all time. That's that's where I was really sad about it yesterday. It hit me hard, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm sad to lose him. It was nice to listen to uh, Pierre and Brent... Uh, and their tribute to him yesterday afternoon. And, uh, yeah, it just it sucks. I love Crosby, Stills, and Nash. So, and Young. you know what we'll do is uh, we'll let uh, every a uh, few more people wake up in a little bit, and we'll, we'll go through some songs, yeah. play them, listen to them, Great and, uh, and spend a little bit more time uh, talking about uh, uh, David Crosby. So uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But, obviously, his his bandmates are all releasing statements, and, uh, you know, it's just sad that... Uh, 
uh, a legend like that is uh, passing. Um, so I have some other stories that we'll go to, but we'll cover some of that in a little while and listen to a few more of the uh, those brilliant harmonies. Just amazing. Uh, Alec Baldwin's lawyer is calling the new charges filed against the actor a terrible miscarriage of justice. Uh, yesterday, the New Mexico District Attorney's Office filed two involuntary manslaughter charges against the actor and rust armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed in the shooting death of Helena Hutchins. Uh, attorney Luke Nikas told NBC News the decision distorts Helena Hutchins' tragic death. Mr. Baldwin had no reason to believe that there was a live bullet in the gun or anywhere on the movie set. Uh, he relied on the professionals with whom he worked who assured him the gun did not have live rounds and we will fight these charges and we will win. Uh, Gutierrez Reed's attorney, uh, Jason Bowles, has gave a statement to the outlet stating that uh, his client did not commit involuntary manslaughter and they intend to bring the full truth to light and believe Hannah will be exonerated of wrongdoing by a jury. So listening to the plethora of legal experts yesterday, I am firmly convinced that I don't know how this is going to turn out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, when it boils down to it, I... I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, these actors, they've been on loads of sets. They've handled weapons throughout these years. They they trust the people that are in charge of that. Right, and, right. you know, you, 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 never in your would you think that a, a live round would be in on one a of set those at all. Yeah. You, you're, the, the whole idea is. But as we heard in one of the stories that came out immediately after the shooting is that they had had um, they were off in the desert actually shooting off live rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Who facilitated that? Stupid. It's incredibly Just stupid. Dumb. Yeah. Uh, Hutchins was shot when Baldwin's uh, Baldwin discharged a prop firearm while shooting Rust in New Mexico in October of 2021, of course. Uh, the cast of You People supported Jonah Hill's decision to avoid doing press. At the film's premiere in Los Angeles on Tuesday, co-star Julia Louis-Dreyfus told Variety, uh, you have to protect yourself and do what feels right to you. Uh, Lauren London shared a similar sentiment, saying, "I hold space for Jonah Hill. That's my homeboy. I love That's him. My homeboy. I love him, and whatever he needs to do for his soul, I am there for it." Uh, in August, Hill announced on social media he would be taking a break from doing publicity because media appearances have been exacerbating his anxiety attacks. Uh, for the last 20 years. so He's, he's been he, very candid about it. And he's fortunately in a position where he can do that. Why not send someone out, like a, another actor who has nothing to do with the movie, who can go out and say, my impression is it's very good. Right. Right? Or, or they're an actor. They could pretend to be Joe right. Hill. Exactly. You know, and could do it you, that way. Or CG. Listen. You could do that. Avatar his ass up. Yeah. Send a, send a Navi out there. Or one of those uh, holograms yeah. with, the, with the mist the and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. could do that. Wait a second. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's Kanye. So many options, yeah. you know, these days. <laughs> uh, Machine Gun Kelly has fired back at critics this week. Machine Gun. I know. Uh, they have been condemning his fashion choices. <laughs> you never condemn Machine Gun Kelly's fashion choices. He's always impeccable. Dare you, you scumbag. The 32-year-old who is constantly in the news due to his extreme wardrobe posted to naysayers, you can't comment about my style if you have none. Oh, snap. snap. Damn. And then, no, he didn't. Yeah. And then later wrote, keep your insecurities to yourself. Even he has mocked his own fashion choices. He was wearing something to an award show one time, and it was basically spikes all over the place. Yeah. And it was almost impossible to wear. He couldn't move around in it. <laughs> but he, you know what, though? He's right. I mean, it's when somebody gives you fashion advice and they yeah. look like a slob, you're like, yeah, no thanks. Right. There are only two people I trust, you, Kathy, and me. 
to give fashion advice. Oh, no. Look at us. What about me? Yeah. yeah so you he, know what? You too. Yeah. Anybody else want to jump on board? Uh, the Grammy nominee's post came one day after his appearance at the Dolce & Gabbana Men's Fall Winter Show in Milan. Uh, there, he wore a silver outfit complete with an embossed trench coat, matching trousers, and crop top that showed off his midriff tattoos. Trousers? What's that? Trousers? That's what it says here. Huh. Yeah, yeah, you and Casey hate the word trousers. I don't, <laughs> no, no, I don't hate no. it. No. I just, like, I, I don't... Or no, no, it's slacks that you slacks don't like. Oh, slacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Slacks, slacks, slacks. Just seems like a... Casey, he's, he's giving me a hard time for when I've said, yeah, it's you know, it's like smart casual. I'm going to wear, you know, a sweater and slacks or something yeah. like that. He's like, slacks. slacks. It's, it's like That's what an old man 70s, says. Yeah. Um, Nick, they're using... They're using that term now, um, trousers like a, a lot in fashion. In, in fashion, oh, yeah. So yeah. it's now now you're wearing trousers. I'm wearing trousers. wearing trousers. Yeah, not pants. No yeah. right. trousers. The only time trousers pants are knuckle dragos is when it, when you're talking about a trouser snake. Then trousers is okay. Okay, thank you, our fashion consultant, <laughs> Casey <you>. Boy. <laughs> it's not a fashion consultant. It's a vernacular vernacular. Our vernacular <laughs> consultant. <laughs> Yeah, like RBC. Yeah, RBC. Uh-huh. Yeah. Robert Pattinson recently opened up to ES Magazine about the insidious <laughs> body standards that men face. Uh, the Batman star admitted that he's, quote, basically tired of every fad he can think of, everything except consistency. And one of those fads included eating nothing but boiled potatoes and Himalayan pink salt for two weeks. Mm, sounds good. Uh, he added, even if you're just watching your calorie intake, uh, it's extraordinarily addictive, and you don't quite realize how insidious it is until it's too late. And all the women out there are going, Shut okay, up. yeah, please tell me more. Tell me more about these body standards. Right. Uh, but I, I, I assume maybe he's thinking more towards movie roles. Movie roles. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly uh, what because he's talking about. once you started getting Chris Hemsworth with a shirt off, and it's it's like every every guy that's in a manly manly role has to be as absolutely right. Jim yeah. ripped as possible, and, and, and absurdly so. There's a movie that explores. Also, there is a a Hollywood growth supplement. I'll call it. I don't know if it's legal right. or not, but it is uh, it is well known with the in the industry, and they will start a cycle of this. Now, mind you, they put in the work too. You know they they have yeah. to they have yeah. to train and they have to deprive themselves. Hugh Jackman talks about basically eating air yeah. for half of that Wolverine movie, but um, yeah, they they have their shortcuts. But it is a lot of work. But the the reality is, if this character you're playing is supposed to be at the top of his or her physical game, right? So so he's Bruce, playing a guy who works at H and R Block. No, but if you're playing Bruce Wayne, all right, yes. Bruce Wayne is not a uh, an enhanced superhero. Right. He is a man. Right. But if you're if you're the character you're playing is supposed to be able to, you know, top all these people physically, then you, then your character sure. needs to be in top. Oh, of that's what you're saying. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah. still the demand of it. Is yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I do like the potatoes and uh, Himalayan salt, pink Himalayan yeah. salt, <laughs> yummy. Uh, T.J. Holmes allegedly had an affair with more than one woman at Good Morning America. Wow. A source. Are they naming names? A source told DailyMail.com Thursday, yeah, they are naming names, uh, that uh, the GMA3 co-host had a month-long affair with script coordinator Jasmine (laughs) Petaway in 2015. Uh, She was 24 at the time. Just did finger stuff. Oh, my God. (laughs) The insider said that uh, he was a predator who took full advantage of his position and that he was reckless. This is a source saying this. And he did uh, Dutch ovens with Whoopi. Uh, Holmes's... Well, she did him. 
personal life was made headlines last year when it was revealed that he was dating his co-anchor, Amy Robach. So I'll be curious to see how that plays out. They're still off the air. Yeah. 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 And they're, they're still in, uh, purgatory. consulting lawyers and things right. like that and trying to figure out where and, they're... And uh, eating uh, potatoes and uh, pink Himalayan sea salt. Where they stand. Uh, Leslie Jordan, uh, according to the Los Angeles Department of Medical Examiner's coroner, uh, died of sudden cardiac dysfunction. So essentially it was a type of heart attack. It seemed that way, right? Yeah. It was uh, atriosclerotic uh, cardiovascular disease. Uh, and it was a uh, contributed to his death. Uh, he crashed his car, obviously, uh, you know, post-story, we know that, uh, in Hollywood on October 24th after suffering, suffering a medical emergency while driving and was 67 years old. So, yeah, that's just too bad. So his Malibu home just sold. Um, there were pictures of it. It was, you know, it's not a massive estate, but it was re- it's a beautiful place. And yeah. apparently it was high on the list for everyone to get a crack at it. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, Malibu doesn't have to be big no. uh, to be a pricey, no, at all. pricey endeavor. Uh, so Chrissy Teigen and John Legend, they have revealed the new baby's name and gender. It's a girl. Tegan took to Instagram yesterday to write, she's here, Esty Maxine Stevens. Esty. Yeah, E-S-T-I. That's an interesting one. I haven't yeah. heard that yet. What is the derivation of that? Do they explain? That's a good question. Is there they, a restaurant around here somewhere? They don't explain. Uh, it's Esty. No. Esty. Wait, no, what's that? Etsy is a website. No, but... what's the restaurant? There's a uh, restaurant. It's is a it... Greek restaurant, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's in Radnor. What is it called? Uh, Estia. 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 Uh, Estia. Just this name with an A at the end. Okay. I think Esther, though, when Esty. Esty? Yeah. yeah, right. But it's spelled E-S-T-I. Yeah. It's a girl's name meaning star, like a uh, star. star in the sky. Oh, that's cute. I like uh, that. Short form of Esther and Estelle. Okay. Uh, oh, but okay. it's a quote-unquote cooler name than a, and an old lady old lady name. We Okay. Kathy so, just got 10 points for bucks. So listen, so now... <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Yeah, Thanks, Steve. I appreciate that. <laughs> so now... <laughs> We're starting to uh, to see the old lady names yes. come back into vogue. So Esty, if that's sh- short yeah. for Estelle or, or Esther, Esther uh, our friend uh, Kristen just had Gertrude. Gertrude. Yep. Uh, so that be- these names will come back around. Plop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. It, um, a li- like, I mean, it's been a while, but Olivia was like, I mean, I've, yeah. that was forever, like an old lady name. And my niece so popular. Olivia. Yeah, among yeah. the young kids. Not until we get to Gladys, you know, once we start seeing Gladys. Gladys might be a bridge too yeah. far, but yeah. who knows? Is, like, is Gladys a, uh, Gladys is not a truncation name. of a longer name. Gladys is Gladys, yeah, right? Gladys is Gladys. And you better get used to it. Like, I think I was talking about this the other day. Um, I think I've reached like old lady name. Like no one names their child Kathleen, Kathleen Catherine, Kathy um, yeah. anymore. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't really hear it anymore. I'm like, oh, but man, eventually they become, they come name? back into vogue. Look at, <laughs> they called, they started calling from the, the Bible. Uh, it was about, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. And plucking out these very uh, biblical sounding names. The only thing that's Who sa- knows? that saves me nope. with my old lady name is that I'm named after uh, my mom's best friend who passed away and my aunt. So. Oh, there you go. It has a reason. Casey, biblical names like Malachi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I saw. Yeah. It was Malachi, Malachi. and I pronounced it uh, Malachi. But, like, dude, you got the Malachi crunch, so I get it, man. Yeah. And I you remember it. Malachi was a little prick in uh, uh, Children, Children of the Corn. Corn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Tori Spelling took to her Instagram stories on Friday to update fans about her daughter Stella's health following her hospitalization last week. She said she is home and feeling much better. Uh, Stella! Uh, she was at the ER. She was diagnosed with uh, hemiplegic migraine. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. Which I, I've never heard of that 
Doesn't sound good. That type before. Mm. Uh, she said signs of a hemiplegic migraine attack are similar to what will be present present in a stroke. Uh, that typically includes sudden severe headaches on one side of the brain, weakness and numbness on half of the body. So you get migraines. That's My sucks. wife does. Yeah. Um, gets pretty profound. You know, uh, migraines has to take a shot for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's no. Uh, it's no fun. Yeah. I get these sinus migraines thing. Yeah. I might be getting surgery this summer to see if that'll oh, fix it. All right. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, if if I can, if I can schedule it. Well, I'm going to take a crack at doing it for him. So we got to make sure. You're the surgeon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm moving on from trach to sinus. You bringing that pen thing? I think he's going to use this. He's going to use this back scratcher. Stop moving. <laughs> well, your insurance company denied you, so you can't. Oh, you got to go, go to Steve. Dr. Steve. Right? Uh, yep. We've uh, been reviewing your case, and if you're ready to let your coworker do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, press, they suggested I do it, too. That's why, I, I you know, and of course. You're going to do the surgery? No. no. Oh, She's going to be my nurse. <laughs> Come on. She's going to do it without anesthesia. Scalpel, <laughs> Kathleen. Yeah. It's such an old name. All right, a couple other things. Uh, In the latest pairing of a luxury brand with a K-pop celebrity, Dior has signed South Korean singer, dancer, and songwriter uh, Jimin, a member of BTS, as a global ambassador. Not Jungkook? Uh, The band's relationship with the French luxury house dates back to 2019 when Dior menswear designer Kim Jones designed uh, stage outfits for the Love Yourself, Speak Yourself World Tour. BTS has worked with brands including McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Samsung, and Louis Vuitton, which named them as brand ambassadors in April of 2021, a partnership that has now ended. Christian Dior just uh, rolled out their new line of uh, nuggets. They oh, were, <laughs> Christian Dior <laughs> nuggets. All right. Because they're working with McDonald's as well. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Uh, and I love nuggets. Uh, BTS, uh, who released their first album in 2013, shocked fans worldwide by revealing in June that they were taking a break uh, for band members RM, Jin, Suga, J-Hope, Jimin, V, and Jungkook uh, Jungkook. Uh, to explore solo projects and complete their uh, mandatory military service. I don't know anything about BTS, but we have a picture of this guy. He is beautiful. He's a good-looking dude. They're all all quite (laughs) good-looking. He actually looks like an attractive young lady is what he looks like as well. Uh, he's, he's got that kind of androgynous, uh, real pretty face. He's the face of Dior's Nuggets. Oh, really? D's Nuggets, I think, is the campaign they're going with. Yeah. We have a quick call on the line. I know, I saw that. Yeah, 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 I'm going to go to it. Uh, Dior's uh, singing of, or signing, I'm sorry, of uh, Jimin uh, indicates that each band member can individually flex their branding. You know, right. there's a K-pop star, Preston, who is actually facing serious legal troubles because he has been avoiding that dra- that uh, military service. Yep. I mean, they're serious. You got to do it. That, yeah, so that's that's part of why they, yep. they have split up. So, all right, we're going to the good doctor. He's oh. calling us in now, Dr. Mike Cerigliano of uh, Penn Medicine and Fox 29. Good morning, Dr. Mike. You're killing me. <laughs> You're like Pierre. <laughs> Hemiplegic migraines. And atherosclerotic, not atrial sclerosis. Well, Preston wasn't in med school that day. Yes, yes. He, you, you have the benefit of a medical education. But can I ask? No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> I play one. Yeah. May I, so can I ask you a question about this particular type of migraine, uh, Dr. Mike? Uh, what, uh, what distinguishes it from the others? Well, uh, there are a number of migraines. There's ocular migraines. 
Uh, there's there's hemiplegic. You know, the, the bottom line is is that you can get a, a weakness on one side. Um, that's why you get the term hemiplegia with uh-huh. it. Uh, and, and so there's a lot of you can lose your vision that's uh, or have vision change. That's an ocular migraine. But I, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't. I almost. <laughs> I have, and what was the other one? I what, what did what did I mispronounce with the heart thing? The guy driving the car. It's yeah. atherosclerotic disease, not All atrial right. sclerosis. What the heck are you talking about? Oh come on! <laughs> He's trying as hard as he can. I'm going to find alone. that story he, here. He tried to mention all the names of the the band members of BTS. That's pretty tough too. It's spelled R A R T E R O S C L E R O T I C Atri. There ain't no th in this freaking word, man. It's R arterio sclerotic. Spell it again for Mike. A R T E R I O. Arteriosclerotic. Does that sound right, Mike? Arterio. That's. I think they misspelled uh, it. Uh, so. Uh, all right. All right. Well, hey, Dr. Mike. All right. Suck it. Oh, right. Ten points, Montgomery County. Thank you. I love you. I'm thinking of Mike driving along screaming at the top of his lungs. I, I think oh, I think did. I love Mike, but I think he's wrong here. We found what? it on Wikipedia. Uh oh. Arteriosclerosis. Arteriosclerosis or atherosclerotic. I mean, the bottom line is it's plaque. It's 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 arterial disease. He's not. Mm. So he probably he's had a now. heart attack. Yeah. No, he but they're both right. Yeah, but you know, yeah, you know how the, for every disease or whatever's out there, there's nine different ways to say it or nine different yeah. like w- tomato and tomato. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, well, no, I we appreciate the assistance, Doctor Mike, as always. Oh, I'm sorry. I love you guys. We I, love you. You, you, you. Say hemiplegia. <laughs> hemiplegia. There you go. Let me please you. Right. Let me please you. <laughs> Wouldn't want to be you. And I love. I love when you talk science to me. Oh, oh yeah. yeah! Wow. Yeah. My wife said. My wife said the other day when we had uh, the space cowboy segment with the JPL that you got wood. <laughs> I got excited. JPL jets, aircraft, spacecraft. Uh, uh, speaking my, of which. Dr. Mike, we, we, we have to do our holiday exchange because uh, we're ready to go. I, I think I'm going to rock your world this year. Well, I got stuff that's going to rock your world. And I got <laughs> one that's coming. It's not in. It's always pre-ordered. Oh, All right. Be, you're going to have one that's coming, bro. All right. All we're, right. we're both going to be rocking wood. Bye-bye, Dr. Bye-bye. Mike. We love you. Love you. Love you. All right. We'll see you later. Yeah. He's the best. Dr. Mike Serigliano. All right. Uh, let's we see. We often uh, send uh, doctors into fits of... Sure. Oh, my God. Absolutely. All right. Let's see a couple other things to mention here. Uh, So the Goonies house in Astoria has a new owner, a guy named uh, Beeman Zakari and his wife, Liz, purchased it for one point six five mil after it was on the market for just six days. Uh, He's an entrepreneur from Kansas City with multiple businesses, uh, which have ranged from an axe-throwing facility to an escape room. Okay. So he knows how to have fun. He's been a Goonie fanatic since he was a kid and dreamt of owning the iconic house from the 1985 film. And now he can pay homage to his favorite film and continue the Goonies legacy. Uh, he said the purchase wasn't really about me. It was true. It truly needs to be about the Goonies community, and it's meant to be shared. He said the home may look. Uh, they say the home may look a little different from the film right now. But the first thing uh, that Zakari is going to
going to do is to protect the landmark and restore the home to its former glory as close as he can to the movie. That's cool. But he said that uh, the excitement doesn't uh, end there. He he says that um, he will live next door again to his childhood best friend, a guy named Michael Eakin, after 37 years living the Goonie lifestyle of always sticking together. He said, uh, Mikey, I'll buy the Goonie house you buy the house next door, and he said okay. So these he and his friend are doing this. He and his wow. childhood friend. So in the movie, the interior of the house was just a suburban kind of house. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I mean, if you were to make it, I mean, you could. People going to stop by to check it out. Put yeah. a little Goonies museum on the premises. Well, he's going to he, he he's going to dress it up so people can come by and take pictures, and he's going to welcome them to do that. He nice. said as long as they stay respectful to the property and the house. He said uh, to get them uh, selfies, to do the truffle shuffle in front of the yard, in the front yard, whatever they need to do to get that magical feel. The problem here is the neighbors. Are the neighbors going to be down right. with that? So, yeah. well, uh, the, the picture of the house shows it's sort of removed, so yeah. you shouldn't have too much of a problem. Yeah, I don't know what the neighborhood is like, but I just remember, you know, when I went to go see the Walter White House in in uh, Albuquerque. Um, the neighbors were pissed, right? Well, like everybody, especially the homeowners. Yeah. So that's why, like, you know, I parked like a block away around the corner and kind of like walked uh, because I knew that people weren't down with it. Yeah. You know, so. All right. Uh, so I was very happy to see this this morning because this is a personal favorite of mine. But Tron 3 is moving forward at Disney and Jared Leto is apparently going to be the star of the film. That gives it some cred. Uh, yeah. I, I love I, it. I uh, happen to like Tron Legacy. Yeah, I, thought, I, too. I, I, I thought it was too. a solid yeah. movie. Yeah. And, and as you've said before, Steve, at the time, the CGI, the the, uh, the young uh, making... Um, uh, 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 Jeff, uh, Jeff Bridges yeah. look a little bit younger uh, and is not quite there yet no. in that movie. Very, very close, but yeah. you could. there were some anomalies that look odd. If they were to try and do that now, which I don't think they will in this particular uh, series because I think his, his arc has come and gone, uh, they, I, I think the effects, now they can really pull off a badass Tron movie, I well, think. The ships and the actual atmosphere yes. and what they were doing was great. It looked terrific. Uh, so, uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, uh, Joachim Running is in talks to direct the script from Jesse Wigato. Uh, Tron Ares is what it's going to be called, called. will follow uh, 2010's uh, Tron Legacy. And by the way, uh, Chuck sent me a video the other day of the Tron light cycle ride at Disney. I think it was in Tokyo. Yes, it is. I saw one that's in Magic Kingdom. Well, then, if that's the case, I've got to ride this ride. It looks fantastic. It's like, as I wrote in the text to him, I'm like, that's a childhood dream come true for me. Yeah. I need to do that. You're basically on a light cycle, right? Yep. All right, so uh, movies are opening this weekend. All right, tell you about them. Never not make me laugh. We're going to start with this. Alice Darling is opening a mystery thriller starring Anna Kendrick, uh, Tilo Horn, and Charlie Carrick. Alice is a woman pushed to the breaking point by her psychologically abusive boyfriend, Simon. While on vacation with two close girlfriends, Alice rediscovers the essence of herself and gains some much-needed perspective. And slowly she starts to fray the cords of codependency that Mm. bind her. But Simon's vengeance 
is as inevitable as it is shattering. And once unleashed, it tests Alice's strength, her courage, and the bonds of her deep-rooted friendships. Wow. Uh, Hour and 30 minutes long. Rated R. Limited theater release in Rotten Tomatoes. Gives it a pretty solid score at 83%. Also opening this weekend is The Sun. It's a drama starring Hugh Jackman, Laura Dern, and Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Peter, whose hectic life with his infant and new partner Beth, is upended when his ex-wife, Kate, appears at his door to discuss their son, Nicholas, who is now a teenager. Uh, The young man has been missing school for months and is deeply troubled. Peter strives to take care of Nicholas as he would have wanted his own father to have taken care of him while juggling his and Beth's new son and work and an offer of a dream position in Washington. However, by reaching for the past to correct its mistakes, he loses sight of how to hold on to Nicholas in the present. So he, he, the whole Nicholas thing is falling apart. Uh, so it's two hours, four minutes long, rated PG-13, limited release. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 31%. And then finally, Women Talking is a drama starring Jesse Buckley, Rooney Mara, and Claire Foy. Uh, the plot says, do nothing, stay and fight, or leave. In 2010, the women of an isolated religious community grapple with reconciling a brutal reality with their faith. Uh, this is now hour and 44 minutes long. It's rated PG-13. Wide theater release, and that's got a 91%. And they say that movie has a very um, a convincing light cycle race as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll bet really? it does. No, it is literally women hanging out talking, wow. but they say it's very good. All right, next, uh, here we go for the clips. Not next clip, first clip. Uh, elite, I'm sorry, all elite wrestling continues to inject new spirit, freshness, and energy with a world-class roster of diverse wrestlers. And in this clip, AEW... Tag Team Champion Anthony Bowers discusses how outside conflicts affect performance in the ring. A lot of what make, makes wrestling very exciting is storylines. When you're able to step outside of a storyline and have, like I said before, this raw emotions of uh, just chaos going on that, that really draws so much interest from everybody involved, including us. It amped me up. I couldn't wait to get out there and beat the crap out of them. I don't, I don't, wanna, yeah. I don't think I want to see it. AEW airs Wednesdays on TBS. Did Michael Jackson ever have any wrestlers or was there any sort of thing that he did? I, I, I don't think so. I remember there was, I think there was one time I remember him at some event with Hulk Hogan. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, he and Hulk Hogan did a cage match I'm sure. against God, one it another. hurts. <laughs> Why'd you hit me with the chair? Uh, yeah, I don't remember that. I just remember Cindy Lauper was yeah, she's well big into yeah, that yeah, world. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, here we go. Next clip. Promising to offer comedy and caution, satire and stupidity through a multiverse where minds may switch and bodies may shrink. SpongeBob SquarePants, the title zone, oh. is a journey where two dimensions become three. In this clip, uh, Bill Fakerbaki, he, he's uh, he's the voice of Plankton, I believe. I believe he oh. is, yes. Uh, talks about how he made this hour of television entertaining for all ages. Here we go. I love the framework with the Twilight Zone of having this live-action character with the diving helmet and all that stuff. It really it frames it up nicely and I think resonates to anyone who's had the good fortune to watch that series. Yeah! I think he was the voice. I'm not sure. Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, the title zone, is now out on Nickelodeon. All right, we have breaking news. Uh, Yep, this is unfortunate breaking news. Uh, Hang on, do we have the... Oh, we want to do it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, so it is breaking news. Breaking news. 
Yesterday we received uh, some information that we, we were going back and forth on. We weren't sure if it was legit or not, and we're, uh, it was indicated that uh, that it was not correct. But now it looks as 6ABC is reporting that legendary Philadelphia disc jockey Jerry Blavitt, the Geeter with the Heater, the boss with the hot sauce, has passed away at 82 years old. So sad. Yesterday we had uh, this uh, long text chain amongst us because there were reports that, uh, that he had died yesterday, and we were obviously all ripped apart by that because we know Jerry. He's a good friend of the show. And as we were texting each other back and forth, there were reports saying, no, it's uh, he's been hot, you know, no, they're in uh, they're incorrect reports or he's just been hospitalized and uh, family members asking to pray for him. But this uh, looks like it uh, is probably uh, official and terrible news. Um, Jerry is, uh, wow, I gotta, I gotta let this sink in for a bit because I just saw this. Uh, but he... Uh, the guy was always in phenomenal shape. That's why. Just it, amazing shape. There was a shot of him, and it was at Philadelphia Magazine or what, at the beach in a bathing suit. Yeah. This is like three years ago. We're like, holy, what the hell? How's he staying like that? I saw him like uh, buzzing around town on his bike yeah. in the city. Like he would still, you know, exercise and was always out and about. And yeah, oh man, so sad. And not, not to speak out of turn, but there was one of, one of the things we were discussing yesterday is that he had been uh, taken in for you know, a hospice care or something like right. that. Uh, recently, I don't know if that's true or not. It's uh, all, uh, yeah. Or if this was sudden or if he had had an illness for a little while and then just kept it quiet. I Hadn't don't. heard word one. Though don't, I do remember. No. Preston, we just got the, uh, the he sends, uh, would a send a gift basket to the show and, and a big one every year. So kind. Yeah. And we just got it a couple weeks ago and uh, yeah. no, didn't think anything was... Uh, Awry. I just think, you know, getting into the the world of, of Philadelphia radio, however many years ago, has has uh, awarded me, you know, a couple of uh, great honors, and one of them was working with Pierre Robert, and the other was meeting Jerry Blavitt. Yeah, know? Pierre's going to be devastated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very close. Yeah, um, I mean, and he lost David Crosby yesterday. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Blavitt today. I mean, that's a it's a one two punch for Pierre personally, and uh, yeah. Gear was just a really nice guy. He had a really interesting life. Yeah, uh, and uh, I, I'm, I don't think he was the same person throughout his entire life. I think he, he was a different person in the 50s and the 60s. But uh, when he was interacted with us, he could not have been kinder. Uh, I think he really appreciated what this show did for current radio yeah. because what he did for radio back then was uh, revolutionary as well. Yeah, yeah. he always sang his praises. Yeah. His stories, like you were just, you would just sit there and like oh, stare man. at him and Frank's, listen to what he had to, t- uh, you know, tell. Frank Sinatra coming over for um, Sunday yeah. dinner. Yeah, you know, or one of my favorites was uh, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, they all sat around and watched the movie Deep Throat yeah. together. <laughs> At Jerry's house in the 1970s, oh, uh, which is kind of strange. By the but, way, but what a hell of a story! You could bring up any act, any he would tell you the. I mean, yes. he was a savant when it came to music, especially that era of music that he loved the most. But I mean, I've never seen an ability to recall the most obscure songs and artists like he had. I mean, and I never saw so much energy on one person. All the time. I mean, uh, eighty-two. He was at uh, Memories in Margate this past summer, still doing his show. You know. Oh man, it sucks. Yeah, t- talk about working hard until 
right up to the very end. Well, well, you can take that as a plus. He loved doing it, and that he was yeah. able to do it for as long as he was able to do it is is a great thing, and it's it's a wonderful, rich legacy. Why don't we do a little finger popping in honor of yeah. Jerry here, real quick? So. <laughs> Pots and pains. Pots and pains. My man. Oh, that's terrible news. All right, I hate to wrap up the break on a downer like that, but we do have to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. We have a lot of things planned for today, so hang in there with us. We'll be right back. What's new? Why do you ask? Ghost. Disturbed. Sons. New music, more of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Bit of a one-two punch, as uh, Nick had said earlier. We had uh, we found out yesterday uh, David Crosby passed away while we were all on our own text chain with each other discussing uh, that. Actually, before that, we had seen uh, what turned out at the time to be erroneous reports that uh, Jerry Blavitt uh, had passed away, and then we found out he had been hospitalized. But now we're getting word, uh, courtesy of Six ABC, that uh, that he did indeed pass away early this morning. Uh, Jerry Blavitt. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, oh man, that's a guy you always think, well, that guy is never going to die. He's going to be around yeah. forever. I mean, honestly, like I thought, eighty-two is a pretty good life, but yeah. for somebody like him, I thought. Oh. He was going to go well. deep into the nineties, yeah. Yeah, 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 easily. Yeah, I mean, we're we're talking over, uh, you know, like a decade cut short. I think with the amount of energy, staying in shape, exercising, doing oh, what he loves, yeah. uh, uh, feeding off that constantly, as you pointed out, Kathy, just a ball of energy, yeah. and always up about the next performance and the next stage event that he had. And uh, yeah, he still loved going to live uh, music. Like Nick, you're it, right, it, going to shows. And the thing is, is that um, like and hosting shows and hosting shows. The age spread. People go, oh, that's a guy. That's the doo-wop dude. That's... Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, people, anyone who who would go, and, and Jackie uh, and uh, Pierre would go constantly, uh, the age spread was huge that yeah. was going to those shows because it was like a little snapshot of Americana. Uh, obviously, growing up, I knew who he was, um, and, you know, we became friends with him. He became friends of the show because he would come on. But prior, just before that, before we started having him on the air regularly, um, he did my friend's wedding. So she oh, wow. had a wedding, had a wedding band, the, the whole thing. But, um, like, in after hours, they, they did um, at, at the same venue. He came in, and uh, he put on a show until, like, 2, 3 o'clock in the oh morning. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, his, wow. th- those, those big reviews would go for hours. Yeah. yeah. Here's his show intro music. But I mean, energy, that's that's what you got from him. Flat out energy all the time. I was at, um, <laughs> just a little anecdote, I was at, uh, my son and I were uh, at a Barnes & Noble Plymouth meeting. We were just, we were there to, to get a book. I don't remember what we were there for. And Jerry was there. He was signing copies of his book. Yeah, which he is wrote. great. And uh, he saw me and he was so excited. Aww. Preston, my man, the Get over here, man! And so we were talking. He's like, "Hey, yeah." He goes, "Here, you gotta get, you gotta have one of my books. Here you go, man. This is on me, you know." And, and he gave it to me. I'm like, oh, thank you so much, Jared. It's great. So we wrap up. I go over to the counter because we were going to buy whatever we were there to get with my son. And I go and and I had the book that Jerry gave me. I'm like, 
I go, Jerry gave me this book. He said I could just have it. And they were like, um, no. we don't know anything about that. Right. I ended up oh. buying the book. <laughs> Security? Security, we have a theft in progress. I know. Man claims he's on the radio. And I wasn't going to go halfway to the other yeah, side yeah, of the story yeah, and go, yeah. hey, Jerry, can you come over here and tell him that you did indeed give me the book? I don't you know, know this man. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would love to take calls, uh, 215-263-WMMR of any Jerry Blavitt uh, uh, memories, encounters, whatever you have uh, right now, feel free to give us a call and share those on the air. We'd love to hear that. So with a guy with a career that long and a life that long, uh, there are things that I probably learned at one point but have, have forgotten, and I'm, I'm remembering some of the, his accomplishments. He was Don Rickles' ballet yes. in 1958 and 59. He did the original bandstand on FIL before uh, Dick Clark took that over. Uh, and then he, he was inducted into... Um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a part of the permanent exhibit in the Museum of Radio and wow. Records. That oh, was wow. in 1998 and 2002, inducted into the Broadcast Pioneers Philadelphia's Hall of Fame. Uh, and then uh, in uh, 2020, it was his 60th consecutive year on the radio. 60 consecutive years wow. on so, the radio. Nick, he was also on The Monkees, the TV show, The right. Mod Squad, The Tonight Show. He's in the movie Desperately Seeking Susan. Yeah, we have, uh, a, we yeah. have a clip from The Monkees. I've seen the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, um, uh, Davy Jones is wearing a wig. He's dressed as a woman, and Jerry falls in love with him <laughs> and has doesn't know doesn't know he's a man and is just fawning all over him. For whatever reason, Davy had to keep the masquerade on, right, right, right. and it's pretty funny. And I remember seeing it, going, "What the? That's Jerry Plavitt. What the hell's he doing on the monkeys?" So here's a clip from it. Ah, oh, Miss Jones, you've snapped my mind. I love you. I love you, darling. Look what I brought for you: flowers. I think he's kind of cute. You would. I've loved you from the first moment I saw you. Oh, Mr. Blavitt, you're too kind. No, don't call me Mr. Blavitt. Call me the Geeter. Jerry to you. Oh, Jerry. I've got big things planned for you, my chickadee. Believe me. Let me tell you something. If you play your cards right, you may win the contest. Oh, uh, oh really? Davy's winning. Davy's ahead. Cute. Never in my life have I, the Geeter with the heater, snapped over a fox such as you. You are devastating. It must be the mini. It must be something about you that makes my mind crazy with love. <laughs> Uh, and that's him, dude. In real life, yeah. you know, being that uh-huh. over the top delivery all the time. That is a a science. And there used yeah. to be people. If you go back to like Alan Freed and the the, the, the rock DJs, you know, one of the and, and those the beginning of radio and that kind of delivery. And that is an unbelievable ability to be able to just keep that going and, and the finger oh, snapping yeah. and yep. all of that. Yep. Uh, I have uh, Paul who's on the line now. Hey, Paul. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Great. What's up, Paul? Uh, well, I was working down at Memories, um, I want to say about, I don't know, eight to ten years ago when they were remodeling the place. And mm-hmm. it was my, my first big painting job and a lot of stress and pressure back then. But uh, the one day I was working and I never left the whole day. And Jerry came up to me and he's like, have you been here all day? He's like, you haven't left at all. So uh he saw it and you know i didn't eat anything so he went out got a hoagie for me oh, and uh it was just you know a very nice thing to do he yeah. wouldn't take money he wouldn't do anything you know he was, all those, those kind of gestures really, those you know those kind of quiet gestures when no one's looking and you're not doing it to impress other people that's that tells you what a person yeah, about. it says everything yeah, yeah. 
We were saying, my man, I think, for about two months. <laughs> yes! That, that's exactly what happens. My man. It, it's, it's infectious. It's infectious. You you catch him. My yeah. man. Yep. We went to memories for my bachelorette party, and uh, it turned into a whole... My cousin had gone with us. She had kids at the time, and so it was like her night out also. Um, and it turned... We still go, Joanne, 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 Joanne. He just was yelling her name <laughs> for hours while we were at memories. And by the way, after he's, he's around, you can't just say, my man. You have to say, my man. You, you, you got to drag it out. Uh-huh. My man. Every time he says said that, though, he meant it. Which is, you know, there's an authentic sort of, oh, yeah, he was so excited. The smile on his head yeah. would kind of shake from side to side. My and man. He'd hunch over with the hands out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Loved it. Uh, I will go next to Jay. Hey, Jay, good morning. Hey, sorry to bother you guys at work. No, nah, it's all right, man. We're talking about the Geeter. Unfortunately, passed away this morning. What's up, buddy? Yeah, we went. To, we got a little getaway. We went to Atlantic City uh, last year. Uh, he was doing the showboat. He did like an afternoon show, and I swear it was maybe like thirty people. It was like a Thursday afternoon, like four o'clock or something. Four to six, he did, and uh, there was maybe like thirty people in the room. Big room. Uh, I think I was the youngest guy there, but uh, he went up to every single person in that room with a handheld mic, touched them, said, "How you doing? What are you down here for?" I want you to have a good time. I've never seen, like, he just grabbed the room. He owned yeah. that room. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing that, he could do. Whether it's 30 room. or 300, yeah. I mean, it didn't matter. I mean, that's, yeah. so that's, that's, a, that's the kind Thanks, of uh, interaction with um, his audience. And we, we took that, uh, you know, the lesson we took from Pierre, you yeah. know, about, about thanking people for supporting what you do. And that was paramount to Jerry. Yeah. Here's some uh, text coming in that says, spent five years in Sea Isle. <clears throat> doing Sunday Fun Day at La Costa. Oh, that's right. He did La Costa. <laughs> he said, I'm 29. <laughs> 20 of us dancing there with bandanas <laughs> on, dancing and jamming with older grandmoms and grandpops. And the faces would uh, we would make are some of the fondest in my life. Wow. You know, or that he would make, I guess. That's so. a gift that he had, um, that he was able to give to people it, the melding Cross of the generations, generations yeah. yep. to have those moments yeah and yeah. and make it so it's not this oh, i'm not doing that i'm not hanging out with the you know the, the where those older people are he made it okay yep uh this one uh, this text says i'm 33 spent my summers down the shore as a kid his shows were always a part of my weekends my parents uh taste of music rubbed off on me and i would even be at his shows at adelphia's and I was the youngest person there by far, but it was always so much fun. Uh, let's go to some other calls I have, uh, Tim. Hi, Tim. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, what's up, buddy? So I was just a text about uh, spending my 20s in Sea Isle, and ah. it, was, it was madness in there. He could The way he could just command a room yeah. and us dancing, and we'd be the only people, me and my friends would be the only people who were inside, like who, of my age, all the younger guys would be outside, and we would just dance in the way he just—he would say some of the most irreverent things, actually. <laughs> and he got away with it, and because no one cared, because he was just being authentic. And those are some of the best memories I have are those Sundays in the middle of the La Costa dance floor with him owning that stage. Isn't that wild? Awesome. It's something that'll live with you forever. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate All right, that. I do. Uh, do we have some other uh, clips? We have. Yeah. Uh, we, How about well, this? Yeah, more. <clears throat> this was actually not that long ago. Uh, I'm not sure when, but uh, but Jerry was a was a clue on Jeopardy. Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, that's, that's 
huge. Yeah, yeah that is Here, huge. I'll, I'll, I'll play the audio of that. Uh, phrases for 800. Longtime Philly DJ Jerry Blavitt helped popularize this explosive rhyming phrase for something good out of the old days. What is blast from the past? Yeah, it might be a little bit tough for a national yeah, group, yeah. everyone to know, you know, the answer to that, Jerry. Of course, around here we'd we'd pick up on pots and pans, boss and hot sauce, and all yes, that, heater all with that the heater, stuff, yeah. all those things. Uh, let me go next to Marla. Hey, Marla. Good morning. Good morning. Hey. Uh, I worked for Jerry Blavitt also back in my early twenties at Memories of Margate. Yeah. And he was just an amazing person. Like a previous caller said, I was sick. He got me antibiotics. Um, and he nicknamed me Linguini for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Linguini. Uh, you, that's that's so cool. So uh, how yes. how long did you work there for? And how how many years were you um, uh, experiencing the Jerry phenomenon? Uh, it was a couple years, and I worked at his. Um, I did private parties at his house. Oh. During Christmas. I bartend. Um, yeah, I had a great experience with him. He's, it's really sad that he passed away. What was, what was he like, you know, in his own home uh, while you were there for uh, his engagements? Uh, the, the same as always. He was just Jerry Bladett doing his thing and a great host. And like I said, he just wanted to make sure everybody was fine. Ah. I experienced his mother's cooking on Sundays because she would cook every Sunday mm. at Memories of Margate. And she put out this buffet, and it was, you know, Mama Gita's... Uh, <laughs> Buffet, and she was there in person all the time cooking, and it was just a great experience. Oh. I was very of him. That's cool. Thank you, Linguini. We appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. All right, take care. Uh, man, Pierre just loved Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah just mm-hmm. loved Jerry. He would he would call him. Um, I think the connection isn't that what he called right, him. He yeah. said that's the connection. He's the connection. He would always point him out as being. Uh, connecting people to uh, to music, to engaging, to you know all those things that 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 spark, whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that's how he and was that's appropriate. To. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's the connection. And Pierre looked up or to... the link. Maybe it was yeah. what, what he, he would say. Pierre looked up uh, to the Geeter quite a bit. He also looked up to Sid Mark, who also recently passed away. And uh, Jackie Bam Bam was a huge fan of the yeah, Geeter yeah. as well. And, and uh, quite frankly, I'm a little concerned for Pierre because uh, we lost David Crosby yesterday and, and the Geeter this morning. That's yeah. that's a lot, and that's a lot for anyone to. Uh, to have to absorb in a short amount of time. And he probably doesn't know yet, is he? No, I texted sleeping? Pierre. I'm, I'm sure he's still sleeping. I listened to Pierre on Brent's show yesterday talking about David Crosby passing for a little while, and they did some nice musical tributes. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a real shame. There's a text that says, My dad went to high school with Jerry, and my daughter was fascinated by that fact and just bought a vinyl album of his. She is 16 years old. Ah. Uh, and unfortunately in shock of his passing. Uh, our buddy Craig Lagans is on the line. Hey, Craig, morning. Good morning, folks. Good, How are you? Good, good morning. morning. Hey, so you had a you had a connection with Jerry? Yeah, when I worked at uh, WHYY Channel 12 in the early 2000s, and I just started there, I used to deliver mail to Jerry Blavitt because uh, he would do our pledge breaks from time to time. When we had the you know the uh, music reviews or the do up reviews, he would come by and do pledge breaks, and invariably every time he was on he'd get a ton of mail and i'd have to go over and to deliver it for him and he was always like hey there he is <laughs> all the time but the thing i love most about jerry is when he would come to the wyy studios to do the pledge breaks he would stand off to the we had like a little stage there and there was a lot of people walking by jerry would look at every single person that walked by 
and look at them to see if he reckon see if they recognized him. Uh-huh. And he wouldn't do that and he wouldn't do it in a in a braggadocious like don't you know who I am thing. He would look at everyone who walked in to see if they recognized him because if someone did then he can immediately go, hey, how you doing, little lady? Uh, yeah. yeah. No, that's, you're right. There is an authentic nature to that, that zeal in being recognized and being a performer. I mean, uh, we talk about the shows, uh, Craig, and, and all his reviews and all the things that he did over the decades. Uh, and that's uh, completely predicated on a pure love of entertaining. And so what you're saying only bolsters that, uh, that connection he had with his audience. Every single time I would, I I pick him up and shake my hand, look me right in the eye. He goes, Craig, it's a pleasure. And, uh, oh, and no. it wouldn't be, a, and I would see him once every six months, once every eight months. But he'd always have that smile, always have that firm handshake, and yeah. always have the the, the 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 look in his eye like that comes with connection with, with people. But that's what he loved more than anything else. That's why I thought he'd live forever because he always got nothing but love from folks and he gave nothing but love. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right, thanks, Craig. Appreciate the memories, bud. Right, we'll see it. So uh, yeah. this is terrible news. Terrible news. I was hoping for the best. Yes. Uh, and uh, he was apparently he was hospitalized because Rochelle and I were trying to figure out what was going on last night when the word was flowing around. But he was hospitalized for a shoulder injury. MB, uh, 6ABC is reporting that uh, it, it may be in complications from that. So and, like uh, Kathy was suggesting, you know, know. Like, like an infection or something. Yeah, it's maybe. quite possible. It's, it was strange because we were going back and forth about trying to mm. verify what was happening to him. And while that goes on, David, David Crosby, Crosby yeah. comes in. Yeah. And and when I first saw that, I thought, oh, it's just a kind of a joke or, you know, it's uh, this is not right. the, the case. Uh, in, in uh, you know, his case, again, I, I don't, you know, uh, it's not like I'm, I'm not shocked still, but um, I always think of his life and his um, the many times he probably should have died and did not. Yeah, and also the um, the, the the transplant, the liver uh, transplant, right? Yeah. Was a, yeah, that saved his life. He obviously was a hard drinker and turned his life around. He, he was sent to a Texas prison, yeah. which he credits with actually finally doing what rehab could not do for him, which was completely, you know, turn his life around. But um, so he, it was all it was to me. It was all borrowed time, but he used it well. Yeah, he got he got a second he got a second lease. Yeah, uh, for sure. But um, uh, l- listen, just listen to these harmonies are just Jesus. Uh, the Crosby family issued a statement that says with great sadness and uh, after a long illness that our beloved David Cros, Crosby has uh, passed away. He was lovingly surrounded by his wife and soulmate Jan and son Django. Although he is no longer here with us, his humanity and kind soul will continue to guide and inspire us. His legacy will continue to live on through his legendary music. Peace, love, and harmony to all who knew David and those he touched. We will miss him dearly. At this time, we respectfully and kindly ask for privacy as we grieve and try to uh, to deal with our profound loss. Uh, thank you for the love and the prayers. The thing with Crosby is that he was um, also, you know, he was a flashpoint for a lot of... Um, uh, he, he was a, a an S-stir, as they say. And, uh, and so... 
Uh, he talks about, I don't know if you have the clip ready there, Preston, but he talks about all the band members, uh, especially, specifically of uh, CSNY, and what he would say if they were able to kind of make amends because they were, they were not on good terms, you know, when he passed. I don't know, he probably told him I love him because it's, the, it's the, the highest of the emotions that I feel about it. All four of us in that band have been horrible to each other. We made a lot of really good music. So if I had a chance to talk to him, I'd sit down and say, hey, you know, I haven't changed. I'm the same f*** up you started with in the first place. You knew who I was, and, and here I am, and I'm trying my best to be a decent guy. And if you want to make some music, I'd love to. Uh, by the way, Stephen Stills posted on Facebook. He said, I wrote a, read a quote this morning in this morning's paper attributed to composer Gustav Mahler that stopped me for a moment. And it was, death has, on placid cat's paws, entered the room. And he said, I should have known something was up. He said, David and I butted heads a lot over time, but they were mostly glancing blows, yet still left us numbskulls. And I was happy to be at peace with him. Uh, he was, without question, a giant of a musician, and his harmonic sensibilities were nothing short of genius. The glue that held us together as our vocals soared like Icarus <clears throat> towards the sun. I'm deeply saddened at his passing and shall miss him beyond measure. I was lucky enough to uh, see CSN and CSNY uh, a few times, um, and even in recent years, you know, in the last 20 years or so, uh, they still brought it. They still sounded fantastic. Uh, it's, a, it's a shame that in the final years... Uh, they drifted apart again, and, yeah. and there was a lot of yeah. um, hatred and, and um, public spats, you know, like that. And it's just, you know, to go out that way is a shame. And and so so Graham Nash uh, also posted, and I'll read this, but I remember an, an article, we pff, might not hear anything from Neil Young because uh, they they were really at odds. And Neil is apparently, according to Graham Nash, like a person who, if you, if you, if you get him... Personally, if you if you gouge at him personally, there's like no comment. And Crosby did. He was actually yeah. making comments about Daryl Hannah, right, uh, and Neil Young's wife, and even even Crosby knew he had gone over the line. And yes. he goes, "Well, I, I'm f. There's no way back from this." Yeah. But Graham Nash posted in in the uh, uh, the word of uh, of uh, David Crosby's death. He said, "It's with uh, a deep and profound sadness that I learned my friend David Crosby has passed." Uh, I know people tend to focus on how volatile our relationship has been at times, uh, but what has always mattered to David and me more than anything was the pure joy of music that we created together, uh, the sound we discovered with one another, and the deep friendship we shared over all these many long years. David was fearless in life, in music. He leaves behind a tremendous void as far as sheer personality and talent in this world. He spoke his mind, his heart, and his passion through his beautiful music and leaves an incredible legacy. And these are the things that matter most. My heart is truly with his wife, Jan, his son, Django, and all of the people that he touched in this world. Think of um, that band, maybe what, what was Woodstock, their second performance. Yeah, yeah. Their second performance yep. live was Woodstock. <laughs> and when you were out there, and it wasn't like it was lost. Oh, as we look back and reflect on Woodstock, that was a big thing. They knew it in the moment. Yeah. They knew yeah. it was huge. Yeah, Steve, you know, we've talked about the, the Laurel Canyon documentaries and, like, Which the music great. that was created out of that yeah. time and Mama Cass and being part of that. Um, and my parents were huge and are huge TSN fans. Uh, and so my dad took me and my brothers to go see the movie Hook when it was in theaters. Right. And uh, this was pre-IMDb and we're, just, we're hanging out. 
and I'm watching the movie, looking up at the big screen, and all of a sudden, David Crosby's in the movie. He's and, one of the pirates. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, and I turn to my father, and I'm like, Dad, I think David Crosby's in this movie. <laughs> and my dad was like, no, there's no way David, David Crosby? Oh and then we, we stayed and watched the credits to Hook. Just because I needed to prove to my father that David Crosby was in this movie. Wow. It was a brief scene, uh, but yeah, he, he showed up, I think, twice. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. He was also on Roseanne. Yes! That's right. He yeah, he just about Roseanne. Yeah. Well, you talk about, uh, there, there's a, uh, Melissa um, Etheridge posted um, because she has a son yep. because uh, he was the sperm donor. And right. at the time, the joke was it was either Brad Pitt or... Or, or him, David Crosby. Yeah. yeah, and uh, but um, you know, personally, I'm a big fan of the the Birds and Roger McGuinn and that that band. If go go explore their harmonies and their vocals, and yeah, I mean, I and Roger McGuinn's this is a twelve string, right? Electric, um, amazing. Yeah, and they were uh, called the American Beatles. <laughs> he was first inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame via uh, his work with the Birds, and he actually he co-wrote um, Eight Miles High, which is a unbelievable song. Yep. I love that song. Yeah, that's a great tune. They had a huge hit with this. They didn't write this or Mr. Tambourine Man. That was a, a Dylan song, but uh, they still brought these harmonies, this this sound that just made it so rich and cool and unique. Great band, most definitely. Um, yeah, he uh, he was kicked out of uh, of the birds. Yes, and I, I lose track of you know these guys that had been in multiple bands, Buffalo and, Springfield, and all those bands at the time. Yeah, well, Buffalo Springfield is where uh, Stephen Stills came from, and then um, the Hollies is where uh, Graham Nash came in, and uh, and they got together, and eventually. Uh, down the road, they you know added Neil Young, but he, uh, I, I like Crosby's collaborations as well. You remember uh, Another Day in Paradise from Phil Collins? It's great, that was him it's and him and uh, uh, Crosby. It sounded fantastic in that Laurel Canyon documentary you were mentioning. Nick, they're they're talking to David Crosby, and and he's he basically says. He goes, uh, I was like, oh, this, this guy's a, 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 like a jerk off, and this guy's a jerk off, and no, oh, this guy's. And he goes, and he started to think, and he paused, and he goes. Maybe I was the <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and he realizes no statistically you can't have that many in your life. Maybe it was me. Yeah, yeah, but you're right, Steve. Like he didn't really have much of a filter when it came to talking about those types no, of things. No, not at all. And I, that got him in trouble. I think it caught yeah. up to him in the end. Listen to this. Don't you? And I feel I hate to use uh, an overused phrase, but um, they don't make them like that anymore, man. Not in popular music, anyway. No, I was. It's funny because I was watching a um, a YouTube. Um, Guy that we like, Preston Rick Beto, uh, I think his name is. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I don't know, Nick, you follow him as well. Yeah. The, uh, and he was talking about not trying to castigate what we have currently, but drawing what you just said. You're not going to see that kind of ability, uh, or at least we're not seeing it right now. Maybe it comes back. By the way, is there any time that this song doesn't sound good right here? Yeah. I mean... Somebody give me a Corona, please. 
One of the most relaxing album covers. <laughs> They're on their on the on the boat. On, yeah, 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 I don't yeah. know the album cover. Do we have um, almost cut my hair? We do, but I I want to hear. Okay. A little bit. It takes a minute, but uh, when you when you get to the. Uh, the chorus of this song is just, it's something special. I, I'll never get tired of hearing this song. This, this, blew, this blew it up when it came out. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. It was a, a resurgence from them. I can still get goosebumps when this chorus hits right here. Think about that comes to mind is uh, soaring yeah. harmonies oh, yeah, yeah. When, it, when I hear that song. When it's you think of it like the, fantastic. the trifecta of those guys, I mean, that's a, that's a still song, but then what Crosby brought and then what Graham brought. And then, you know, Neil is Neil. Is Neil Neil's separate from all of it, but um, what those three guys were able to accomplish together, but they were equal parts to make the whole better. His, yeah. He had that he had that upper register. Yeah. That he could get into that, that realm. And, and I mean, um, yeah, it's just... <laughs> you almost sit there in amazement. I think it was... Who is it? Who's whose house were they at? Um, wasn't Judy Collins? Um, Johnny Mitchell might have been Johnny Mitchell's house, where where they were kind of just casually around riffing, and she was the one that just kind of looked back and said, <laughs> "You guys need to do yeah, this. Yeah. 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 Why isn't this I happening? Think we got something yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. This is great, man." Great stuff, man. Uh, Pierre's going to dive into this. I heard him on with uh, Brent Porsche yesterday. Uh, Brent played this song. Uh, Pierre chimed in with some uh, stories because uh, he's obviously close to that camp. But uh, I'm sure he'll do a nice, loving tribute today, both not only to David Crosby, to, to Jerry Blavitt as well. As, as which yes. we just, uh, if you're just tuning in, we, we had uh, a nice, long conversation. Jerry, unfortunately, passed away this morning. Uh, we had heard uh, word that he was ill and, and maybe had died yesterday, but um, we we're holding out hope. But we got the unfortunate news that he passed early this morning. So that's just a one-two punch, man. But it's always yeah. it's it's always good to remind yourself when you see these things happen. As you know, be before you have no opportunity left to make amends. You know, and like with this sort of troubled history that they had, their friendships on and off. Uh, I'm sure they would give anything in light of this to have a you know a big group hug, yeah. and that that will, that's eluding them now. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, we have the gift of the music, yeah. and that's always something. Yep. All right, uh, we should take a break. Uh, come back in a moment. Some bizarre file stories are coming up. We have a concert announcement. We got stuff to give away. Uh, you know what? I have. Uh, I'm going to give away a one hundred dollar. Uh, Kimmel gift card. And the reason being is because uh, our friend Jose Garces has a new restaurant at the Kimmel Center, uh, and it is called Garces Trading Company. Uh, it's a location inside there now, 
And we'll take call number 13. We'll give you that $100 gift certificate, 215-263-WMMR. They brought in some great food. We'll yeah. tell you about it in a little bit. But we'll be back in a moment. Stay put. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out The Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, we're going to do the Bizarre File. Uh, then we're going to have a concert announcement. Before we do any of that, we do this. It's a Friday thing. And Nick, you wanted to point something out? Yes, I got a nice note from Brooke this morning at Froggy. They have a gig this weekend. It's tomorrow night. It's with uh, Gloss and Mr. Monster, which is a great name for a Mr. Band. Monster. Yeah, and it's in, in Doylestown. Uh, the information's up on their Instagram account, Froggy the Band. Uh, but it's tomorrow night in Doylestown. Go see them. Yeah, and um, one printer's alley. I'm not quite sure where that is. But anyway, tomorrow night. And um, uh, with Monster, Mr. Monster, <laughs> Mr. and Mark. Gloss, the band, and Froggy. Froggy. Yeah. All right, excellent. Yeah, go go support these guys. Yeah. They're great. And you'll have a good time doing it. All right, time for music. No, not music news. Bizarre file. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's bizarre file. Brought to you by Horizon Services. Lower your home heating costs with a same-day system tune-up from Horizon Services. Heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical. Uh, it's for $79. You can get your spring service <clears throat> for just $59. Book fast at horizoneasybook.com. A bank customer was arrested after allegedly using a hammer to beat an ATM after he couldn't get his card back out of the machine. Do you have a, uh, a, a hammer for your ATM? I keep it, yes, yeah, yeah. in my uh, center console. Right. Employees of the Bank of America were in a meeting a few minutes before 9 a.m. Saturday when they heard loud noises and yelling outside the bank. When they looked out the window, they saw a man <laughs> yelling at the ATM. I am and rocking it back and forth while demanding in a loud voice that the machine give his card back. Calm down. Have you used a hammer yet? Well, the man went back to the uh, to pickup truck and retrieved a hammer, which he used to beat the ATM machine. After striking the ATM several times, he got into his truck and drove away. D- drove away. Damage to the ATM was estimated to be about three thousand dollars. Uh, employees provided photos of the man and his truck. Police ran the plate number of the truck. It came back as registered to 56-year-old Del Mitchell Scotty. When officers went to Scotty's home, he met them at the front door and immediately said, 
you must be here because of the ATM. <laughs> At least he's honest. Uh, he went on to Would say... Would boys like some snickerdoodles? ...that he became very frustrated when he could not get the ATM to return his bank card. He was placed under arrest and charged with a criminal mischief uh, charge over $1,000. To be honest, I think we've all been there at one point. So I had to check of the validity of this story. I've seen these before in the past, and I can't believe this still happens. And I saw multiple news sources reporting this. Six people, including three children, were cl- ki- were killed at a festival in India after their throats were sliced open by kite strings. Oh, I heard what? about this. Yeah. This has happened in the past. The victim, why do they still do this? The victims, including two girls who were two and three years old and a boy who was seven, got their necks caught in the sharp strings during kite duels at the Uttarayan Festival in Gujarat, in India. Uh, one of the young girls uh, was on a two-wheeler with her dad when a kite stream became wrapped around her neck and cut her throat. Uh, Kismat, a three-year-old, was uh, walking home with her mom when her throat was sliced by a kite string. And a seven-year-old was killed in front of his parents at, uh, when a kite string cut his throat as well. These are all in different cities, mind I you. mean. How much more... You're flying a kite and you're murdering people. Uh, Some 200 people also suffered injuries due to cuts and falls while they were flying kites. Three men were also killed. Kite fighting contests are held across the western state of Gujarat and frequently cause death and serious injury. Uh, The aim of the contest is to cut other kites with the kite string, which is reinforced with metal and sometimes glass powder. This seems pretty stupid. Two children were killed in 2016, including a three-year-old girl uh, who died within minutes of a cord wrapping around the throat. This is messed up. They need to They need to rethink that one. How about extreme time. hopscotch? That's insane. Wow. All right. A man from the island of Dominica in the Caribbean said that he survived for 24 days while lost at sea on a sailboat by eating ketchup before he was rescued. No sea sticks? Uh, no. Elvis Francois. Said, I had no food. There was only a bottle of ketchup that was on the boat. Garlic powder and bouillon cubes. Mm, ketchup so, soup? He said, so I mixed it up with some water for me to water for me to survive 24 days in the sea. That's a long time to survive on a bottle of ketchup. How big was this bottle? Was it like from Costco? Bouillon cubes. Even that, man. Uh, he collected rainwater and a cloth to help him uh, stay hydrated. Uh, Mr. Francois carved the words help into the boat in hopes that a passing plane might see him and call for rescue. He should have written it in ketchup. Ultimately found 128 nautical miles northwest of uh, Puerto Bolivar. Uh, Mr. Francois said that during his time lost at sea, he did see other vessels, uh, but did not manage to catch their attention. He uh, even lit a fire on the boat in one attempt to hail another ship. Yeah. Pressed on the sea he was sitting on, there was... Underneath, one gallon of mustard. Oh, my God. It looks like ketchup. It tastes like ketchup. But, brother, it ain't ketchup. (laughs) (laughs) I don't I'm kind of in your camp. I'm finding 24 uh, days on ketchup and bouillon uh, a stretch. Uh, Mr. Francois managed to catch the attention of a passing plane with a mirror, and that 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 is how he was rescued. Uh, let's see here. Sexual noises interrupted live BBC television coverage of a oh. soccer competition. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and what the presenter later referred to as an amazing, uh, an amusing form of sabotage. <laughs> the BBC <laughs> apologized 
after the incident, which took place as Gary Lineker was covering the FA Cup and moaning could be heard in the background. Lineker later posted a photo of a cell phone that had been found taped to the back of the set. And he wrote, as sabotage goes, it was quite amusing. He later told uh, the BBC's two night news that the moaning sound had been so loud in the studio, it was hard for him to hear the audio coming through the ear, his earpiece and continue presenting. I think we might have a, a clip of this. Do a little check case. Oh, okay. While he initially thought someone's phone was accidentally playing a video that had been sent to it, he soon realized that it must be some sort of prank, and then the taped cell phone was found. The prank is known as... Uh, Gimidayo Dozap, or the big WhatsApp moan. Ah. And it originated in Brazil, but in this case, YouTube prankster uh, Daniel Jarvis took credit for pulling off the stunt, video of which has been widely circulated on social media. Is this it? Because the guy's name is Gary, right? Oh, Gary! That's it. That's, That's it. it. All right, listen to this story. A couple of friends... <laughs> found a kid in their trunk after their hour-long trip home from the Bill games to Am- uh, Bills game to Amherst. <laughs> a couple of friends were at the Buffalo Bills game, uh, and the Bills win. They leave and drive from Orchard Park all the way home to Amherst, which takes about an hour. When they got out of the truck, they realized that someone was making a noise in the bed of the truck. Obviously, the friends are concerned and maybe a little frightened, but they realize that someone has been back there for an entire hour that it took them to get home. So they rolled up the cover that was on the back. So this this sure. this uh, bed was completely covered. Yeah. And there is, in fact, someone lying there. And uh, was the kid drinking? What happened? Well, apparently, he thought that it was his dad's truck. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, the two men who found him welcomed him inside, gave him a phone charger until he could get a ride. Uh, Steve Serku wrote on his Instagram, kid was super nice. Just mistaked my truck for his dad's. Rode over an hour, passed out in my truck bed. He came inside, watched the rest of the Giants game while we were waiting for his parents to pick him up. Honest mistake. Best part was after he got inside and he was settled down, he goes, I know I've been a nuisance with the truck bed and all, but can I borrow a charger? Oh, <laughs> my God. And so they managed to what you uh, mean, little fella? get him back home. Oh and there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for now. Yes, Just want to do a quick birthday shout out. We have a friend of ours who listens to the show religiously. His name is Sean Spellman. Uh, he's a great guy, except for he's a Giants fan. But his son, Braxton, <laughs> is eight years old today. I wanted to ah. wish Braxton a very, very happy eighth birthday. What a great yeah. name, Braxton. Yeah, it is. I love that. Yep. Uh, all right, uh, concert announcement time. Whoa! 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 Sorry, I the button. That's all good. <laughs> all right, this show is going to be Wednesday, August 2nd at Freedom Mortgage Pavilion. I do not have tickets to give away, so don't start calling now if you are interested. But it's called For the Fans, For the Brothers, For Legacy, and it features Pantera. So Pantera is headlining this show Wednesday, August 2nd at Freedom Mortgage Pavilion. Tickets go on sale next Friday, January 27th at 10 a.m. And special guest, Lamb of God, Whoa. will be performing. Yes. So it's a it's a hard rocking show. And you need to listen to win tickets next week with Sarah, who will be in for Brent Porsche. And if you need a link to the details, you can text word Pantera to 39333, and you will get it. So it's Wednesday, August 2nd. Tickets go on sale uh, next Friday at 10 a.m. It is Pantera and Lamb of God at Freedom Mortgage Pavilion on August 2nd. 
All right, um, let's take a break. Come back because we do have a guest who's going to be joining us, and we will return with Mr. Bo Allen. Yeah. Talk birds. We'll be back in a moment. Join Casey Boy from the Preston and Steve Show today from 3 to 5 at Acme at 19th and Oregon in South Philly for an official Eagles pep rally. Play against Casey in our inflatable and indoor football toss to win prizes, samples, Eagles merch, and more. Acme, official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Courtesy of uh, Window Nation this morning as well, we're doing an emoji code, and we have an autographed uh, Jalen Hurts uh, miniature Helmet yeah. and, and a football. I like those things. And so you can win that, courtesy of Window Nation. Just uh, text the word BIRDS to 39333. We'll send you the, the emoji code that Casey came up with. It it spells out a phrase or a word or something. I don't know what it is. But we'll find out later on. You have to crack the code, and then later on we'll ask you to call in. And we'll give it away to the designated caller if they get the emoji code correctly. Yes. So it's all good. Damn near foolproof. Oh, man. Is there football on tomorrow? I, I don't <laughs> know. I'm not really sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we, we have a guest who's got a slight bit of experience, a Super Bowl win under his belt, and we're definitely going to talk birds with him. Please welcome, you know him, Super Bowl 52 champion, retired Philadelphia Eagle, Mr. Bo Allen. Yeah. What is up? Hey, how you guys doing? We're doing good, Bo. How are you, man? I'm excellent. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, I wish I was in the studio in person like the old times, but I'm happy to happy to see all you guys. Yeah, you're residing in uh, Tampa for now, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, down in uh, Tampa, Florida. Yeah, and uh, you know, listen, man. I'm you know happy to you know have anybody that that I liked on the Eagles have success in in, in other cities and stuff like that. But I, I would have loved for you to have remained in Philadelphia. There was there are a lot of similarities between that that 2017 squad and, and the squad that we have today. Um, very, very, I thought very likable team back in 2017. I think this is a very, very likable team in, uh, in, in the squad that we have this year, um, dominated the, the season back in 2017, lost a quarterback, um, dominated the season, lost a quarterback, you know what I mean? And then we're going into, uh, this divisional round where, you know, back in your, uh, year, it was, uh, you know, the, the Falcons, and for all intents and purposes, we you know shouldn't have been as as hard of a game as it was, and uh, and and we have the Giants tomorrow night, and you know everybody's like, yeah, yeah, you guys are going to win, you should win, but that scares me. And, and uh, as a, as a competitor, I would not sleep on the New York Giants. Um, I'm sorry to cut you off there. Uh, I'll let you finish. What were you going to say? No, no, no. I just I keep going because uh, you know you as a player, you know I you don't overlook your competition, right? No, especially not when it's a you know a, a matchup that you're very familiar with in the in the NFC East, like the Giants, and you know those divisional rivalries are a lot of fun, and it's especially amplified in the playoffs. So you definitely can't sleep on that. And the Giants played really, really well last week against the Vikings, and uh, you know Daniel Jones looks really good at times. So I don't think I don't think the Eagles are taking them lightly. I know that especially from talking to some of my buddies on the team, and uh, just you know. Listening from afar, um, I'm sure the team is is ready to go. I forget which sports reporter it was, um, and I don't know. I'm, I want to ask you if there's anything to this, but he said that there's uh, no team. I think it was there's no team uh, that has beaten another one three times, the, the same team, uh, three times in one season. Is there anything to that? Do you no. listen to that? Does anybody care? I, I feel like all bets are kind of off in the playoffs. It's like a, it's you hear this a lot, but it's a totally new season. You know, you never kind of know what you're going to get, but... 
these divisional matchups are just, especially late in the year, and then especially, like I was saying, in the playoffs, they're just, it's going to be physical. I think it's going to be chippy. Uh, we all know how, you know, Philadelphia and New York kind of feel about each other. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm excited. I was watching a video of a guy. Uh, sorry, I gotta kind of watch my language. We're, we're, yeah, yeah, this is a podcast. <laughs> who was, uh, yeah, exactly. Who was uh, walking around the city with a sign that said, you know, F Giants, right. or F New York, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I feel like the link is really going to be rocking. And, you know, you brought up that divisional round from um, our Super Bowl run. And I just never, never forget uh, how <laughs> electric the link was, you know, in the divisional game and then especially the nfc championship as well and i'm expecting a similar kind of atmosphere uh you know tomorrow yeah it's funny awesome. um the uh i found out who that guy was with the sign he's the pastor of my church is that crazy no but uh, Kathy, um, that is a common misconception that you know they say it's hard to beat a team three yeah, times yeah. in one season that's actually it's an easy thing to say but it's not the truth. As a matter of fact, um, the the record is like uh, it, it it outweighs for the person for the team that's already won two in a row. Ten okay. times out of the last fifteen, in fact. Um, yeah. Bo, you've been there. You know what it's like. Um, and um, I'm really curious, like from a player's perspective, what what is the mentality the day before? What's the mentality like going into the weekend? Are are you nervous? Are you not sleeping? Uh, you know, you've had a week off. All other teams have played. So, what is that like yeah. as a player? Uh, before I answer that question, Nick, I'd like to take a second and wish your beautiful mother a happy uh, birthday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Betsy loves Bo. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that. That was a good start to the morning. Um, but no, to answer your question, I mean, it's you kind of almost wish that game day would um, arrive faster. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you get to kind of you know, rest up for a week and enjoy a week off. I mean, it's not really a week off, but a week with no uh, football, which which is awesome, especially late in the year and you're banged up, but you almost wish that you were playing still. You know, you watch everyone else in their games and you just, you want game day to be here. Sometimes the worst part of the game, especially like a night game or a Monday night game or something like that is just the anticipation before it, you know, and building up to it. And you just, you know, it's almost, it's like the calm before the storm and the anticipation builds so much, especially in a city like Philadelphia where everyone's almost sitting on the edge of their seats uh, ready for the game. So it's, it's an interesting thing. You need to kind of temper your emotions a little bit, and football is an emotional sport, and I think the Eagles um, are an emotional football team, you know. So it's like it's this weird mix of, uh, you know, anticipation, excitement, and then kind of like can we just get to this, uh, you know, game already? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like it's been so long, and you just want to be – you just want that kickoff or that first little play where you can – you know, play football and get out there so you can, uh, you know, you can just be part of the action, basically. Getting back to my mom real quick. Um, she uh, <laughs> absolutely loves you. And so I love watching football games with my mom because she gets very excited about it. But I, I'm not joking when I say this, Bo. Um, she constantly asks about you and Kelsey because she met both of you guys in, in the studio one time. And she's like, <laughs> randomly would be like, I, I wonder what Bo's up to. Or what do you think Bo would think about this game? So I, so I introduced her to your podcast, which you do with, with Chris Long. Oh, and yep, and she's, exactly. she's, she now follows you along on that, that part of your career as well so thank you for uh saying those nice things well i appreciate it yeah it's always fun when you can uh you know meet people and uh have that personal connection so i, I really appreciate that
Yeah, uh, it's funny, Nick, because uh, that's how my mom feels about Fletcher Cox. <laughs> my mom loves Cox. No, uh, <laughs> she uh, no, she's a, she's a huge fan of Fletcher Cox. She's got a jersey and everything. Hey, um, you do the podcast right now with uh, with Chris Long, and you know there was a time where you know at post career, like it seemed like the only thing uh, available for you guys was like maybe a sideline reporter, maybe pregame, postgame. But now you guys have this this avenue to really, uh, you know, essentially you broadcast, but you're able to be yourselves and there's another thing with the with the with the manning cast uh and i want to ask you to shed a little light on this because this past monday peyton everybody always thought that uh you know at halftime you always made these halftime adjustments right so oh you know the the offense is walking all over the defense but the defense is going to make these halftime adjustments and peyton's like there's no such thing as halftime adjustments. You, you, you go there, you sit down, maybe you take a whiz, you eat a couple of oranges, and then you go back out and you play the game. Is that the truth? Yeah, I, I saw that coming. I was actually up in Charlottesville where Chris lives, and we were doing, like, live watch and uh, of the Monday night game, and I saw that coming. I thought it was really interesting because I think there's a lot of truth to that, um, but it's there are certain positions where you kind of do make halftime adjustments, and one of them is definitely quarterback, you know, but it's not necessarily like, hardcore um, adjustments as far as like X's and O's go. I think if you were to ask a coach, uh, they would probably say that, hell yeah, there's a lot of halftime adjustments that we make because that's our job as coaches. Whereas players, you kind of just gather your breath a little bit and, uh, you know, reassess. But it's what I kind of think of it as is I think Peyton is right for the most part. But I will say uh, there are halftime adjustments you make. And to keep, let's keep in mind here, okay, I was a nose guard. You know, it's like, you know, it's, there's, it's like the third grade equivalent of football where he's in like a PhD master course uh, as a quarterback. But um, you, it's kind of like you have a completely well-rounded out game plan and you have a feeling before the game how teams are going to maybe attack you or what you're going to do. Um, and then – you kind of assess that game plan and you maybe throw certain things out, go to a different area of that game plan. So you're not like creating a whole new game plan in terms of adjustments. You're just kind of like picking and choosing, you know, how a team has responded to you or what they might do, you know, in the second half or things like that. So I think while there is a lot of truth to what, you know, Peyton said in my experience, um, there are, you know, certain halftime adjustments that are made depending on uh, what a team is doing. So Was was halftime for you that, Specific time where you could call Nick's mother. <laughs> yeah, the shooter put the text and know how the game was going. I actually have like, uh, you know, when I, I have at times seen players at halftime. You know, I'm not trying to like throw any throw any shade or throw anyone under the bus, but you see players like check their phone at halftime, and I'm just kind of like, what the hell are you doing, man? Right. I'm all taped up. I got my gloves on. My wrists are taped. I got finger tape on. So I got the you know, checking my phone is like the last thing I'd, I'd want to do in that uh, situation. But I don't know. Guys have kids and stuff like that. So you never really know. Yeah. I want to ask for um, a Saturday game. I mean, so you, you're playing the game. You put, you're just playing the game. But right. there is, I think, a, we talk about how, how different, how we react to different days. Is there a different sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, feeling, a vibe to a Saturday game? Yeah, so I think as a player, it's almost like, you you know, you check the schedule when it comes out. Playoffs is different, you know, I, and I think maybe I'm talking a little bit more about the regular season, but uh, there's a certain rhythm to it, you know, where like, you know, Monday, you're going to review the game from the previous Sunday. Tuesday is typically off. Wednesday is early down, you know, run install, kind of a harder practice. Thursday is more of a pass rushing situational practice. And then Friday is you know, red zone, goal line, short yardage. And every team is different, but this is a pretty specific 
um, trends. So what happens when you have a Saturday game, it's usually a, a little bit more of a condensed week. Um, that's different in this case with the Eagles because they had a bye for the first uh, round of the playoffs. So everything's, you know, they, they've had a lot more time to prepare. Right. You know what I'm saying? Whereas yeah. the Giants, they had a short week um, is kind of what I'm getting at. And so it's it's different in terms of like you're kind of just like, oh, yeah, we're playing on Saturday. But every week is kind of the same and it follows that same routine. So you don't necessarily think of it. It's not a Saturday for for a player. You know what I mean? It's game. Right. Day, right. You know? Right. So it's it is a little bit different. You can kind of feel, um, you know, you think about it just because your maybe your routine of the week is a little bit uh, you know different than maybe it was the previous week. But uh, you kind of don't really you kind of don't really think about it. Like if you play on a Monday night. You kind of have that one circled because you know it's going to be a late game uh, and you're going to have a short week the following week. If you play on a Thursday during the regular season, you're kind of stoked because, you know, you get a win. Sometimes you can get a couple days off and uh, have almost, you know, like a couple free days that weekend to, yeah, I don't know, kind of relax a little bit or maybe watch some college football or things like that. But uh, I think on a Saturday, it's it's more about, you know, you don't you don't necessarily think of it in terms of Saturday. It's just it's just a, a big game and, you know, yeah. maybe a short week kind of deal. Hey, um, I hope you're enjoying your retirement. And uh, I, I want to ask because, uh, you know, I do follow you on, on Instagram. You were just in the Bahamas. And so there was a lot of pictures of you in, uh, in your bathing suit with no shirt on. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. But listen, I want to ask. Those are called thirst. Those are called thirst traps. I know. I know. You, you look very, very thirsty in those pictures. But were you always that buff and, and cut up? or Because I only ever saw you with, with Pat and stuff on or or has uh, has retirement been good to you i've lost about 50 pounds retirement. Damn. Wow. I can Damn. see it in your face yeah yeah exactly you don't see a lot of 340 pound 70 <laughs> year olds walking around so yeah. they're trying to make what they call a little bit of a health decision there and uh you know been enjoying uh being a little bit lighter and uh taking uh photos in my bathing suit you know <laughs> so that, that jenny craig really works then i guess right yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> hey, Bo, uh, you know, Eagles fans, I think, primarily have two main concerns right now, uh, the, the health of uh, Jalen Hurts and the health of, of your buddy Lane Johnson. And uh, Without betraying yep. any confidences, uh, confidences, have you spoken with Lane? Do you know how he's doing, how he's feeling? Um, I have not spoken with Lane specifically about his injury. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where, uh, I mean, I've been, you know, you get banged up. Before and Lane is tough, tough as nails, man. And I don't, I don't think there was ever any doubt that he was gonna do everything he could to play this game. Um, I think he's, I really think Lane is one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL, uh, and he's so tough, so strong. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm not necessarily super uh, concerned about him. I've, I've heard through the grapevine, through you know, you kind of talk with buddies, and I'm, you know, I'm really close with Chris, who's really close with Lane, and I was with Chris all last weekend who talked to him, and uh, I think uh, I think I'm kind of expecting a pretty big performance out of Lane, and Good. the Giants have a tough defensive line, too, so, um, mm. but it's hard. It's hard to, you know, get injured and deal with that, you know, physically, obviously, but mentally as well, and to, um, to you know, kind of be out for a couple of weeks, and then, you know, back on the field for the biggest game of the season is, is uh, it's an interesting thing. So I think I have a feeling that Lane's going to knock that rust off early and get back to his extremely high level of play um, kind of in no time, you know, Good. like two or three plays. So I'm, I have very high expectations for Lane. I think he's a complete warrior and uh, I think he's going to play really well. Yeah. I've really heard that, uh, and you know, Lane at 85% is better than, than most, uh, you know, tackles at a hundred percent. Um, Truly. I, yeah, I want to ask, you know, about, you know, taking care of your body and stuff like that. And, and I, I've um, when when they added another week to the regular season, 
Here's, and, and I want to get your opinion on this, uh, because yeah. it's not really changing things that much. But, you know, a big complaint from us fans is that, you know, Super Bowl Sunday, um, they should move it to a Saturday as, so people have the day off afterwards. So let me ask you what you think about this. If And I also, I'm not necessarily a fan of, of Thursday night games. So hear me out here. Since they added another week of regular season football, I feel like they should add another bye week to everybody's schedule. Not only that, but a team cannot play on a Thursday night unless they are coming off of a bye. Now, if they were to do this, every team would get a second bye week that would push the the season back even one more week, which would then put Super Bowl Sunday on President's Day weekend and everybody would have off on Monday. That's a good point. What are your thoughts? That is very well thought out. So I have a couple of immediate thoughts. Um, First of all, I mean, I think the thing that, is slept on a little bit about the longer season with, you know, 17 games is it's just so mentally and emotionally draining to football. I mean, obviously, you know, the physical demands are uh, in the injuries and, and things like that. Like guys get banged up, but it's also like, you just had to be on point every day for, you know, so long. And it's, and the games are emotionally exhausting too. I mean, I'll never forget, you know, that Super Bowl run where, uh, just how how emotionally draining it was, um, and just you just feel so numb at the end of the season. So I, I think I, I think that's a good idea. That's very well thought out. I think it kind of creates um, that does create you know a couple extra weeks during the season where you're kind of you have to be on point. Um, but I I think most guys would definitely appreciate an extra buy. Um, I am personally a fan of Thursday night games as long as they are early in the season. <laughs> Thursday night games later in the season are kind of brutal. Um, but it's one of those things as a player where you're like, Shh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm I'm on point. You're right good. Now. You're doing good. Censor yeah. myself. Where you're like, dang, we we have a Thursday night game, and you're kind of complaining about it. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday after the game, you're kind of pumped because you get a couple days off, like I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so you almost like look forward to it a little bit. But I think if you had maybe, um, you know, if you if you were coming off a bye, that'd be you know especially cool. Um, so it's hard. I mean, I think the NFL is sometimes very resistant to change, and it takes a lot of, especially scheduling change. Um, so it ta- it'll take a lot of, uh, I don't know, push, push yeah. know, players in the NFLPA to make something like this happen. But I, I could see that in the future um, potentially. I think that'd be that'd be a good thing. You're talking wear and tear on on a professional athlete's body, on a on a football player's body to give that extra breathing room would be good. Uh, to me, like it, it's an interesting dynamic because I try to. Sh- get some sort of um, uh, comparison. So if I'm exercising or I, I pull something, I'm like, ah, oh, that, that's going to suck. My workouts are not going to be good for the next, you know, week, week and a half, two weeks. It happens like with, with Jalen or it happens in any situation. You've got an entire population yes. sweating out your injury. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine psychologically that has got to be such a tough thing to balance because your inclination is to do everything wrong that will keep you from recuperating properly. So how how do you as an athlete process that? How do you deal with that on that level? Yeah, well, athletes are masters of compartmentalizing things. And I mean, as a nose guard, like I've definitely played through my fair share of injuries and, uh, you know, took a lot of pride in doing everything I could to be out there on the field with the boys. And it is hard. I mean, it's hard because you have incredibly high expectations of yourself that, never really change whether you're healthy or not. You want to, you set a standard for yourself. And, you know, we talked about Lane and him coming back from injury and, you know, he wants to play like the all pro player that he is. And I'm sure that he's going to, you know, but it's, you know, the bottom line is he's been dealing with an injury. So it's kind of tough to have that same, um, 
expectation, but that's kind of how you have to have to deal with it as an athlete. You just got to compartmentalize it, do everything you can to get healthy. The, the real problem is too, is like, you know, if you, if you injure one area of your body, it's really hard to not compensate and, uh, you know, kind of protect that area or, um, you know, do certain things to mitigate pain and, and stuff like that, that might actually be more detrimental. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough thing, but you just got to do everything you can to ignore it. And that's, that's what you do during the course of a, you know, 17, 18 week season. Tough spot. To right. Be yes, in, absolutely. Yeah. Listen, Bo, we love getting your perspective, man. I hope you're going to be swinging through Philly sometime down the road. Cause we'd love to see you in person again. Yeah. I'd love that too. I've actually, uh, been in Philly twice this uh, this offseason, so I saw my first NFL game in person for uh, when Doug Dougie P was actually the Jags were up God. in uh, <laughs> at the link, and I came to the game and I watched it uh, from the stands with Chris. And from the family. stands, or were you in a box? Because I was in the stands, <laughs> and that game sucked. <laughs> it was so cold and just yeah, raining. And I was kind of in like this little area where they had it was like an overhang, so oh. it wasn't too bad. Uh, but I, I went down to like some area too, where they had like some free drinks and, uh, food that was, that was new since my time uh, there, but that was fun. And the other game I was at was the army Navy game, which was oh cool a little bit of a bucket list item for me. Um, really fun to tailgate that before and meet some of our, um, you know, military, uh, men and women and, cool. and kind of just tailgate with them. So it was two pretty, two pretty fun games to go to, but I definitely want to go back, um, you know, to to the link, and you know, I'm sure. Take Nick's mom out. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can touch you up in a box of Betsy. Yeah, yeah. Nick's got a I'll, new I'll daddy. Take, take her to, go to a game with her. Nice. Oh my God! If Bo Allen ends up being my dad, <laughs> I'm gonna be so happy. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Bo. Thank you so much, man. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. And go birds. All right, bud. Yeah, go birds. Appreciate you guys. You know. Thankful for you guys for having me on, and always great to catch up. Hope awesome. Anytime. Nice. All right, we'll talk to you. Bo Allen, guys. And Nick, the podcast, Green Light. Green Light. With uh, Chris Long, uh, Howie's son. Howie, by the way, very handsome. Very yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Very yeah. handsome. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Chris Long is a great host, and, and Bo is a really good addition to it. So if you're interested in following those guys, check out Chris or Bo on and it was, social media. Chris, we had on the one yeah. time. They had, to, they had to change up the theme music, right? Well, they, he had used he had he had never heard that song that Trollolo song yeah, that right. we play at the end of the show on Friday, and yeah. people kept telling me, "Yeah, the President's Eve show been playing that for years." <laughs> yeah. God damn it! Uh, so cool. <laughs> All right, well, listen, we're not done talking about this stuff. We're going to take a break, and we're going to talk to our loudmouth buddy, yes, <laughs> Michael Bark. Man, I mean that in total respect. I love the guy. You know, who's a big fan. Who? Pierre. Pierre. Yeah, that's of right. Michael yeah. Bark. Yep. Uh, so we'll come back in just a moment. Hang out. Don't forget the emoji code. Crack the code and get ready to call in to win because we have an autographed Jalen Hurts uh, miniature football helmet and football. Uh, so text the word BIRDS to 39333 and we'll send you the link. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. It's kind of self-explanatory after that. Everyone loves a smart investment, and there is no better place to put your money right now than in your home. And Window Nation has the perfect offer for anyone with a home at least 20 years old. Protect and increase the value of your home and energy efficiency by installing new windows from Window Nation. Window Nation is making it insanely easy to do so with 0% interest for five years. Plus, Window Nation will give you two windows free with every two you purchase. 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com and tell them Preston and Steve sent you. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 
I have uh, an intro song that we're going to play for our next guest. In case he set this up for me. So this is what we're going to do. And the reason being, I guess we're going to rename the song Bark and the Moon. Yes! (laughs) Instead of Bark at the Moon. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Barkin! Barkin the Moon! Barkin the Moon! <laughs> that was an old Cole Porter song. It, it was. Bark yes. And the yeah. Moon. yes, it was written in 1922. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And it was and on the. the uh, ladies are dancing to Bark and the Moon. It was on Red Hot and Blue. Yes. <laughs> it really was. And I loved it. What's up, people? How are you, good man? Good to see you. It's good to see you. What do you want to know? What do you want to talk exciting. about? By the way, I heard you say that uh, Pierre Robert. Likes me? He specifically oh yesterday that, that when you said you're going to be on the show made my week. Said he's and this is I don't I hope I'm not betraying a secret. Yeah, he's not really into sports. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, uh, he he uh, um, but uh, he <laughs> finds you very entertaining and he loves uh, the camaraderie with the show and I he was very Pierre. complimentary. Yeah, that is so sweet. I know he's from my my brother has lived in Lake Tahoe for a long time. Pierre's oh, from Lake Tahoe. Really? Yes. And uh, and so I I would talk to him about that. Did you guys hang out with Trini Lopez as well? No, no, not Trini. <laughs> <laughs> we do not. Vince Lopez, but, but not Trini Lopez. You got you got to meet Vince. Yeah. Vince was the slower. Vince was the Fredo of the family. <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, he was. Fredo, you're my brother, and, that's and I love you. That's where Fredo got shot. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly right. Full circle. Except Vinny paddled himself out and shot himself. <laughs> <laughs> But I also, I reached out to you a couple of weeks ago, uh, yes. and it, it, this has to do with, like, you know, your history, mm-hmm. and I felt closer to you because my niece, uh, she's a senior at Cardinal Hara High School this year, she is going to go to your alma mater next year. She's going to go to Syracuse. Oh, and I reached awesome. out to you, and I was like, yes. dude, and I was like, hey, now we can be best friends. Yeah, yeah. as opposed to before <laughs> when we were best friends. <laughs> Very nice. Here, here's the thing. She should, uh, if she has any questions, and I told you this, she should call Emily Barkhead, yeah. my oh. daughter. My parents went to Syracuse. I went to Syracuse. Emily went to Syracuse. How important it has this been? I'm clearly, it was no, this it just kind of happen. happenstance. Okay, you don't go to Syracuse. <laughs> you don't get up there. No, she wanted to go. It was the threat of the Colombian necktie. That <laughs> <laughs> orange top. Right, yes. It was an orange Wow. Top. She likes orange. We all like orange in our family. What that can would I be tell like you? me going to my kids. If you don't go to St. Louis Community College. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where you went? Yeah. For a semester. For a semester. Okay. Wait, where'd you One go after semester. that? Where'd you go? I went to the School of Hard Knocks after that, buddy. Good, man. No, yeah. I went to the uh, the Broadcast Center, a, a actual radio trade school. In St. Louis? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's where I went. I'm Preston Elliott for the Broadcast you Center. Oh, you, want you want to hear me? Listen. I am yes. feeling good, and I hope you are, too. That's me. Those from are Bro- the best-tasting little morsels I have ever had in my life. That's this a- cat really knows how to play guitar. That's the latest news. Let's get on to the latest rock. <laughs> Those are all from that school. That is phenomenal. That was five years ago. Yeah, five years ago. <laughs> that is amazing. He's already in the Radio Hall of Fame. It's <sighs> incredible. Congratulations again. Thank What's you. going on? So talk to me. Well, well you tell us. Well, the Flyers have won eight out of 11. <laughs> I know you want to talk about well, that. They, the, no, Sixers, we always wanna... the Sixers are on a tear. I love talking about the Flyers. I did a podcast yesterday, um, and but it's, uh, you know, and I want to get to the Eagles and the Sixers, obviously, but what, what the Flyers are it was encapsulated last night. They, they, they go against the worst team in the NHL and they lose after having a, a great stretch. Eight out of the last ten before last night and then they go and play the Blackhawks who are terrible this season and they lose four to one. So all you need to know about the Flyers right now is 
Watch last night's was, game. Was that an act of altruism, though, to, to kind of pep him up a bit? Yeah, a little bit, and it kind of re- recalibrated. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. Reset to zero. Here's, here's what my, my Flyers fans, uh, Flyers friends uh, are saying to me right now. Yes. Uh, let's watch the Sixers and let's watch the Eagles because those are the happy sports stories. In They've got an all-star. Yeah, they sure do. Uh, you know, if they have four more, they're going to get it. Things well, will get interesting. I mean, listen, I, the, the way I look at it is that nobody really expected anything from the Flyers right. this season. So any sort of positive, any any sort of step in, in, a, in a positive direction, that's fine. Because we have these other teams. It's like when you have, you know, yeah. you have four kids, right? And three of them are overachievers. And then you're like, well, at least, hey, three out of four is not bad, you know? Um, <laughs> Come but, here, Bobby. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so I... I feel okay about what the Flyers are doing, even if they don't make the playoffs or, or you know. I love torts. Don't yeah. you? <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, seriously, I, yeah. I love sure. them. And I, I love And I loved uh, Ken Hitchcock. I know a lot of people don't, uh, but Ken and I, I've known him for a long time. But I remember when they were playing Tampa Bay and Tortorella was coaching Tampa Bay and Hitchcock started talking about Tortorella, Tortorella's team. Mm-hmm. And Tort- they asked Tortorella about it in the post game, and Tortorella just said, Shut your yap. <laughs> Just shut your yap. But I do want to ask about the, the Sixers. I want to ask about the NBA because I, sometimes I, th- I think the NBA can be an extremely unbalanced league, right, mm-hmm. where you have just juggernauts of teams and then other teams that, like, can barely put five guys on the court. And, and for some reason, and, and I could be talking out my ass right now, it seems like the, the league is a little bit more balanced these days. Like, the West was always, you know, just stacked, and then the East was, you know, would limp into the playoffs and limp into the, the championship or whatever. But I feel like the East is actually really strong right now. It is. And and uh, all across the league, uh, you know, listen, you have some teams that are definitely not doing that great, but I think the balance is, is, is there. And do you think that's, A, accurate, and B, good for the product? I think it is good for the product. I do think it's accurate, and I think in years past you had – um, even if you want to go back to Jordan's Bulls, you had three or four superstars on a team, and mm-hmm. maybe it's a little less so now. And and when you what you're seeing with the Sixers is they do have a couple of superstars. They might have three if you want to include Tyrese Maxey. But you've got Joel Embiid, you've got Harden, you've got Maxey, you've got guys coming off the bench. E- even a guy like P.J. Tucker, who's not a scorer, far from it, but he's mm-hmm. a defender, and he can keep the other team off the board. So I, I think the champion is going to come from the East, I, I do, yeah. and uh, I'd like to see. Will he be chance. born under a star? He will be born <laughs> under the Sixers. Well, <laughs> so with PJ Tucker as uh, you know, rounding out the starting five. Uh, if he were not part of the starting five, who do you put in his place? Shoot, I, I mean, I I would think about. Um, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh but but he has disappointed me a little bit because I thought he'd be able to provide a little more scoring than he has. But he's also a great defender. Yeah. But eventually, what's happening now is you're seeing teams, they're scoring in the hundreds routinely. I don't think we're going to see games that are 98 to 92 anymore. No. I think it's all going to be in the hundreds. Talking to Jimmy Lynham, who does our postgame and pregame with Amy Fadul and uh, Mark Jackson, uh, he said the the pick and roll, and the way the pick and roll works now, not to get too technical, but but the pick and roll and the way the guy setting the pick does it comes mm. from behind, and, ah. and the other player can't see him, and all of a sudden that springs the guy for the shot. Yeah. And these guys are such great athletes that I was watching Steph Curry warm up the other night. Yeah, free throw, three point line, 
in between the three-point line and half court. Finally, he was shooting them and making them, swishing them from half court. Yeah. So you, when you've got shooters like this, and I know I'm talking about Steph Curry, but a lot of guys are really good shooters. Yeah. Well, I, I remember... All you need to do is, is free them up, and, and you got a basket. Pick and Roll wrote the theme music to Petticoat Junction, didn't yes, they? I think that yes. was them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where the railroad train and he's rolling down the tracks and the, the junctions. Junction. Junction. There's Uncle Joe, he's a moving kind of slow at the junction. When uh, talking about the NBA, you can't help but talk about the analytics, and you're talking about the, you know these hundred point games. And there was a point in time where where 100 points was the threshold, and the team that hit 100 first was you know let's say 90 percent of the time won the game. Now that threshold is. 111 points. Is it really? Yeah, so whoever hits that 111-point threshold first, a majority, a, a vast majority of the time will win that game. I wasn't sure if you were aware of that. I was not aware of that. You, you are really into the advanced metrics. Uh, no, not really. No, <laughs> no, 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 I am. No, I'm, it's, it's amazing. I like it, but I don't like it when it when a game is coached that way. And if you've seen, I don't know if you saw this, uh, I don't know which team it was, but it was a college game where mm-hmm. the college team didn't shoot any baskets uh, inside the three-point line. They shot 111 three-point shots, and they made 40 of them. That's 120 points for a college game. That's not bad. It's like not punting in football. Yeah. Fourth down, we go for it. Yeah, every time. Yeah, And that's what the Eagles do. But you got to figure. I, I don't know. I actually don't know if they won that game or not. But I also can't help but think that was that was the game plan. Like we're not going to shoot anything uh, but three pointers this game. Yeah, and, and if you've got shooters, that works. If you've got even if you don't have shooters in the college game, it yeah. might work. How long have you been in Philadelphia? Um, I guess thirty five years if you count both stints. I've been thinking a lot. Starting about in eighty seven. Okay, so five I'm... years in eighty seven. All right, five then years. I, Five years in 587 years. And then I left, (laughs) went to Boston, and came back in 97. Can you remember a time other than, and and you weren't here in 1980, but a time where it was this great to be a Philadelphia sports fan? No. Mm -hmm. But you know what, though, Nick? The beauty of sports is the unexpected. The beauty of sports, to me, is to be able to have hope. And when you think about there's only one champion in each sport, and and every town, um, many, uh, many towns, they all think that they've got a shot to win the title. And if you've got that hope, that's the bottom line to me, because you're not going to win the title every year unless you're Jordan's Bulls or unless you're the Yankees or unless there are a lot of teams that you can think, well, you know, they got a shot every single year. And unfortunately, that's not always the case in Philadelphia. So and what's amazing to me about sports is just when you think you're down on your luck and just when you think you got no shot, there's no way, and the Phillies are in the World Series. I mean, there's that, no way they're going to yeah. World Series. Not this team. <laughs> they stink. They need to be they don't have pitching. They don't. They're in the World Leaping <laughs> Series. And they got a game from going, you know, two games away from winning the whole thing. So so that's the excitement of That's what keeps me coming back to the table. That and Mama McElwain. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Two nice. Nick's mom. That's his she makes a hell of a meatloaf, by she the way. Does. Yeah, yeah. Oh love that man. And, uh, raisins yeah. and the meatballs. You know, there was there was a moment Don't like that. We went Not, to Game Five, uh-oh. and uh, <laughs> Preston got to go, and uh, Casey and 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 Kathy and I, like the, the whole show was there. Kathy's husband was there, Marissa, and um, and then I got to go to Game Three with my dad of the World Series, and to be able to sit next to Preston and see his excitement. And Preston, I think, will admit, like. 
you get really excited come playoffs, right? Like you don't. Yeah, pay attention. I'm, I'm a right. I'm, I'm a postseason fan. There's a, there's a and I've admitted it several times. When it starts to really get exciting and count a little bit more, I get a little more interested in it. Well, yeah. you need time to play you your know. cello. Yeah, right. Too. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you got you got the cello, you got the drums, you <laughs> right. got your golf, you just got new clubs. I, I mean, yep. it's tough, man. And what's a man to do? Preston's Preston's dilemma <laughs> is finding players up to his level when he plays in in charity events. Exactly. Yeah. Oh well, that, yes, and I understand that certain people. Were PO'd that they got in a bad group last year, and that's not going to happen anymore. I'll tell you what, May great, great guys, terrible golfers. <laughs> great guys, terrible golfers. How'd I don't know, know to you whom know you refer. New, how'd you know about his new clubs? Did he tell uh, you? Well, I'm not going to. He say knows. It. I just know. He just knows. I mean, it's uh, the whole tour is talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Please, uh, Preston got clubs, man. What kind of clubs? Uh, Taylor made uh, P790s. Wow. I went and got fitted. And, they were and the you ones. have Taylor Swift's. I, yeah, I, I have Taylor Taylor's <laughs> T-Swizzles, they're called. T-Swizzles. <laughs> really good. The, yeah, and the, the, the nine iron needs to be adjusted a little. Yeah, give me a Jill and Hall. I got Vokey wedges, too. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of wedges? Vokey. Oh, uh, Titleist. Wow. Yeah. 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 So, anyway, so Saturday, we might as well talk about that. Saturday, yeah. tomorrow, tomorrow, Saturday, yeah. or the week from tomorrow. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> What's your your take? Every, break it down. My take the is... The analytics. I mean, you know me well after all these years. Yeah. I'm scared. Yeah. Um, and, and perhaps I there's no need to be. Are you really uh, scared? Kathy's yeah. going to be like, yeah, you know why? Because what Bo Allen told you in the last segment about the um, second season, completely true. And certain teams get in a flow and certain teams uh, rise up. And you think they stink? There's no. They, they're lucky to be there. Like people are taught, writing off Jacksonville against Kansas City mm-hmm. this weekend. I think that's is that tomorrow too, or is yeah. that Sunday? It's tomorrow as well. And that ver- very well may be that mm-hmm. Kansas City just beats the stuffing out of Jacksonville. But that's why they play them. Yeah. And and it would be an unbelievable upset to to beat Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid and Doug Peterson do that. But it could happen. Uh, you'll you'll be calling me when it's forty two to four. But uh, it it could happen. <laughs> yeah. And so when I look at the Giants and I look at the fact that they were six and two in the first half and then they were three, six and one in the second half, and it looked like they were terrible, but they're still in the top five in red zone offense and red zone defense. So they score um, more often than not, when they get inside the 20-yard line, and they keep you from scoring more often than not when you get in the 20-yard line. Uh, that doesn't mean the Eagles won't figure it out. It doesn't mean they won't blast them. I'm just saying what, what I saw against Minnesota at Minnesota gave me pause. Okay. And when I look at Daniel Jones, who runs the ball, and the Eagles have had many teams, if not most teams, will have trouble with a quarterback that mostly passes the ball and then will run every now and then to keep him honest. And when you got third down and four, third down and seven, and all of a sudden he takes off, you it's a passing down. He's not going anywhere. We've got him. Right. And then he takes off, boom, down the field, and the drive continues. So I, I, uh, I think the Eagles should win. Uh, they're favored by six and a half, seven points, which is significant. It's not, I think it's, it's not as much as what many would think. Uh, and, and I think they're going to win, and I'm going to pick them to win, but that's why I'm nervous, because you just okay. don't know, Kathy. I yeah. know. You just don't know. I know, Michael. Kathy's that's why they play the game. Goes, calls her bookie now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey! Yeah. Barkhead doesn't know. I'm scared. He's very vague. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm very vague. Can you be more vague? Yes. Well, maybe there'll be a kickoff. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Marissa so, pointed out something interesting about the game uh, tomorrow, that there is a... Um, uh, there's a Wings game yeah. earlier, and that if you buy a ticket to the Wings game, 
Uh, you get to park. I'm, I hope I'm not diverging, uh, divulging any secrets here. Uh, you buy, you pay to park for twenty five dollars. I think you can get in by eight a.m. and you end up paying less. Oh no, kidding! For than you would for Eagles parking. That's Isn't a great that, idea. Yeah, but then you got to go at eight a.m. You can also. Yeah, but those people, take, there are a lot of people there at eight a.m. Yeah. No, no, no. All you do is you, 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 I shouldn't divulge this, but all you do is you get there at eight a.m. Take advantage of the offer. Maybe even take in the Wings game. You can yeah. take it, and then you Uber it's, wherever you want. Adam, in return it's, for it's, the Eagles. It's two one five celebration day, so they have uh, two dollar pretzels, dollar dogs, and five dollar oh, beers at the cute. Wings game. That's wow. worth it. Mm-hmm. Buy a lot. Watch that game and then bring it with you to the uh, to the to, to the, the Eagles game. Yeah. And then be sleeping by eight p.m. That's right. That's great. Buy a and lot. Then, park yeah. it a lot. And just write your own toe tag up so that they can cut right to the yeah. chase when yeah, they bring yeah. you to the morgue. Here's the number. <laughs> just so, hand it to them. Do you have to fight the crowds getting down there tomorrow? Like if there's a Wings game and then the Eagles game, how do you get in? Do you what time's the Wings game? Uh, One o'clock. No, I'll probably get there at four. And and uh, the last game against the Giants, well, they had two games. There was the Saints game and the Giants game. I thought they were underattended. I don't know what it was like in the stadium. I was saying to Nick before we went on that we used to ha- we used to have no pregame show, no halftime responsibility. So I would get there for a 1 o'clock game. I'd get there about noon. I'd stroll into the stadium. I'd watch the first three quarters in the stadium, walk across back the parking lot to the Wells Fargo Center, do the postgame show, get out of Dodge. Now, pregame show, you got to be there earlier for, for a home game because yeah, the yeah. traffic is mm-hmm. insane. Yes. It really is. I have my special way to get in. Oh, yeah? uh, yes. 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 Super, yes. I'll tell you. You go see Muppets on Ice the night before. Muppets on Ice. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, frog. Yes, I wow. do. Yeah. Yeah. Who was that? I and, don't know. And, and so, so I'll, I'll get there for an, for an 8 o'clock kickoff. We're on the air at 7 o'clock uh, on the Plus Channel, by the way. Yes. On NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus Channel. Yeah. <laughs> and then after the game, when it hits zero, clock hits zero, we're, we're on Maine. NBC Sports Philadelphia main channel. Okay. So, yeah. And there's there's Sixers and Fly. There's all sorts of games going on uh, tomorrow. But, um, so I'll get there about 4 o'clock. And you have a super secret special way you get in. Well, I do, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you go to the games? <laughs> we just go in the regular way. Yeah, yeah we, the we're, regular we're, way. So we're not get Mr. in the Martin. middle of the first quarter. <laughs> Good. He graduated Syracuse. You know, um, speaking of like school. access like that, uh, Pierre uh, one time got to go to a Buffett show, and there was this police, it was up at um, in Foxborough where the Patriots play, and there was this police escort in and out, and he got 100% spoiled by being able to leave with the police escort and attend with the police escort. And he's like, <laughs> that was the deal. Right? <laughs> getting like getting in and out of a stadium is such a pain in the ass. And I, I love South Philly for the for the sports complex. But man, is it challenging. Oh, yeah. it's- I, I was spoiled for so many years with the Sixers and then even with you for a little bit that like uh, going there now like it makes mm. me a little angry. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I have to wait in this line uh-huh. and pay. Uh, yeah. oh, try leaving at the time the crowd's coming in. That's a lot of fun, yeah, too, yeah, because yeah. there's a certain exit that you have to take and then you get into the crowd that's coming in yeah. and then you you have to ride up curbs and over trees. <laughs> right, it's not and through schools. Mike, yeah. outside of the, the perks of, of working there for events, and you do get some like parking and stuff like that, are there any, do you know any uh, Wells Fargo Center or Link hacks or any little things that people might not know about like, as he's like, far I'm not as telling you. getting from A to B? Or... You know, you must think I'm a moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, if you go to, you go to Section 104, Preston, <laughs> the guy will let you right in. He looks no, like Mark got in a good mood and you <laughs> let, let his slip. That's uh, right, yeah. yeah. No, Just go it, in and say you're Mary Kenny. No, I, I, I try when, when the... 
Democratic National Convention was there. I tried to get the family in the whole bit and, and uh, see the president speak. And I'm not giving away the party. I'm yeah. just saying that I, it was in our town. And, and uh, okay, I'm giving away the party. But anyway, <laughs> I tried to get them in. And it was, it, I had tickets, but they were, it was difficult to find a spot to, to see, uh, sit. That was the only time that there was an issue, though. Okay. Uh, you, otherwise. You, you work, that's your, that's your office. That's where you, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of your. Yeah, it's the office. It's your house. You, well, in a matter of speaking, Steve, you, you know, you. you yeah. <laughs> I just worked there, man. Yeah, yeah. But the, but the cool part has always been to go out the back door of the office and you're into the arena, which is really cool. So no matter who's playing. Whether it's a concert or or whether it's Flyers, Sixers, Wings, whomever. it's awesome. It's it, it's, it's awesome. awesome. Yeah. It really is. Uh, just to touch on the on the fills a tiny bit, we uh, we are planning on being at spring training. If everything comes together, we're going to broadcast live from uh, Clearwater once again. Nick was telling me already <laughs> the the show that we're going to be the, the game that we're going to be down there for that Friday is sold out. Yeah, that's, that's the St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, yeah, that is. Are you going to be down there? Uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to yeah. try. I don't know when I'm. But I, that sounds like a good date. Mark. Are you? Yeah. Also, also, yes. Or my what? There with your other family. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. With Cheryl and Biff and Stuart and Sarah. Yes. They're so tan. Please don't say that anymore. They're so tan. I hide them under the boardwalk. The thing about uh, spring training this year is that there wasn't spring training last year. They, you know, there was the lockout, so they didn't get. The, there right. wasn't anybody. In Clearwater in March. And so for many people, including us, there's three years of pent-up demand. And you're coming off a, a, a season where the team went to the World Series. So there's these really high expectations. And then on top of all of that, people just like getting out of Philly in yeah. March, you know, and going to a place like, like Clearwater. So we're, we're hopefully... Fingers crossed it all comes together and we're able to do it. You're going at a great time. As you know, you've been there every year except for the past two. And March, in the middle of March, is awesome weather-wise. If you go for pitchers and catchers, which is you were asking me about my Instagram because I, I had forwarded, uh, I think Greg Murphy put up, it was a fa- it's fantasy camp. Yes. And so they had the, the uh, old-timers uh, lined up for a photo, and it looked like a beautiful day. But you can go to Clearwater this time of year, and it'll be 45 degrees with the wind. Oh, yeah. Oh, we and, went the uh, first time man. we went down like. We went down, so we're, we're in Florida. We show up at the broadcast site, and we're like, I'm like, I actually, I was looking for a horse to cut open to yeah. call in. Oh, my God. And then Nick, Nick was, uh, he arranged it so I could take batting practice down in the... Oh, that's in, right. And oh. my hands were just <laughs> rattling with that bat. It yeah. hurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The vibration, it just mm-hmm. stings. Oh, yeah. But then by 10 a.m., we were sweating. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that happens. That, yeah. That's and, what happens. But, you know, you, you get it's such a even I think somebody who's reticent to go and try it. It's so amazing. Now, I'm not I'm a massive, you know, sports. These guys are much more into it. But, you know, I appreciate it. You get down there and you see that in that frame, that context. And it, oh, yeah, you'll get sucked right in. The venue's smaller. You're yeah. closer to it. It's still the big superstars. And, and it's a it's a more intimate, cool look at baseball. It, it really is. You're, did you uh, you play Little League? At yes. All? Yeah. Yeah. I was on the Phillies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. Phillies in Little New York. I was uh, always on the Speak, Phillies. Well, speaking of that, I think in Philadelphia area, you should not be able to be the Phillies. I, I think you should <laughs> not be able to be the Phillies, the Yankees, or the Mets. I, I, maybe even tossing yeah. the Red Sox. <laughs> I just think it should be illegal. I played you for the shouldn't Mets. have 
find one team that's more special than the other. Look, my yeah. son see the, that way? My son's the Sixers right now. Sixers? Yeah. That's uh, not right. Yeah. And they're playing baseball? Yeah. yeah. In Little League, I played for the Modesti Contractors. And uh, and the best team I, in the league was Void's Golf. And well, yeah, uh, But yeah, don't that, sleep that, on Canogian Funeral see, Home. That, that's the way to do it. I was Mr. Pizza. Yeah. You were Mr. You know, Pizza. I was Mr. Pizza. Yeah. We were the A-League champs. So. Uh, see, I think it's special to be if you're the, the home team. Yeah, but it's not yeah, fair. Yeah, but it's not for the other kids. For the other kids, you don't get to be. Kathy's son is special. So but what about little Bobby over there? He's <laughs> playing for the Pistons. Yes. Not always fair. <laughs> That's not right. No. She's, she does a morning radio show. show. <laughs> no. That's why she's on the Phillies. Uh, yeah. Can you get my son on the Sixers? Uh, is there a funeral home they can play for? Casey, one year, Vincent C. Oliva Funeral Home uh-huh. is our sponsor. And we yeah. were... Terrible that season, oh. and it was like we had one foot in the grave the whole yeah. year. Nobody wants to have their pizza party in the embalming room. Hey, yeah. there was a Preston and Steve uh, uh, team. That's right. Yeah, should do I that was? again. Yeah, yeah. How'd yeah. they do. Uh, we didn't do that well. It was my son's team. <laughs> <laughs> were you the coach? Hell no. <laughs> but you were there every day. I was there every Yes, game. you were. Most definitely. Uh, you know, I wouldn't coach my son's team either. Yeah? No, no I was there every game. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, this, this goes bad. You ain't blaming me. Exactly. <laughs> Casey coaches his son's basketball team. We won a game last week. Bravo! Yeah. yeah. We, Bravo. I've been coaching him. Since, he's in 10th grade now. I've been coaching him since 5th grade. That was our third win. <laughs> Like one of all, them, since fifth grade, one of them was a, was a forfeit. That is that's quite a legacy. <laughs> so uh, he's he's obviously got the kids. Can't get the kids. <laughs> My son's basketball team played against uh, a team last weekend, and the the mom of one of the kids on the team is coach, and she was like the leading scorer at our local high school in the town that we live in. And the kid is so good. I mean, uh, be, just leaps and bounds beyond better than than the rest of them. And at one point, we saw her, and she goes, "If you score another point, I'm taking you out of the game." Like he was. Just she was like, let the other kids play. Yeah. My father-in-law, my son's uh, elementary school team in the, you know, you remember your elementary school Absolutely. gym. The ceiling's this yeah. high. Right, yeah. And so, uh, and he used to play basketball. He played at Overbrook a couple of years before Wilt. So, and he knows the game. And I said, look, I'll assist. I'm not coaching this. I'm not doing it. So, so in the second half, a mom <laughs> comes up to him and says, you know, Bobby hasn't been in yet. And, and he said, okay, I'll get Bobby in. And he turns to me, it's because Bobby stinks. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. That's why. That's why it happens. All right, uh, NBC Sports coverage this weekend. Yeah, we got Ray Diddy back, man. Yeah. Wow. The Diddy. That's so cool. Yes, it's, it's awesome. He uh, he retired. I don't know if you heard. He had the retirement <laughs> tour. And now he's unretired. Yeah. So, so uh, he's yeah. back. He's crew. He'll be, he'll be joining us. And uh, I mentioned that we're on mm-hmm. pregame on the Plus channel, and we got Birds Huddle Game Day, and that's going to be at six thirty, seven o'clock. It's the pregame show, and then uh, we're on main channel. As soon as the clock hits zero, we're on with the Eagles postgame program, talking about a huge win over the New York Giants. Yes, Kat. it's going to happen, Cat. Thirty-eight, seventeen, Cat. Don't be scared. Okay, don't be scared. Don't be. By the way, uh, off the topic, and I know you've got to go. David Tell, did you have him on at all? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. I was. I'm going tonight. Oh, he's oh, great. Cool. Yeah, he's yeah, great. Tell him we said. Hi. I, I will if yeah. I if I, I don't know. If Have you ever seen him before? Him. Well, only on the videos. Oh, he's, 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 he's one of the the most revered. He made me cry. I was yeah, laughing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he made me cry. So funny. I can't say any of it here. <laughs> <laughs> but, he's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. So nice. I, I think the Eagles win, and uh, I'm excited about it. Excellent. Okay. All right. Well, okay. have fun. Thank and, you for having me. Oh, and may 
May 18th, Thursday, May 18th. Yes. I thought you were going to say May the Force be with you. (laughs) Michael Barkhan's skull outing. Yes. And uh, for more information, it's the BarkhamFoundation.org, BarkhamFoundation.org. It's at French Creek, Thursday, May 18th. French Creek, one of the finest, most beautiful golf courses in our area. I will win the longest drive competition again. Unless Matthew Barkhan does. You won it last? He did. Yes, I did. Wow. Yep. Wow. Casey can hit the ball far. Okay. We'll have to to take up your marker and (laughs) move it. Down mm-hmm. a couple of yards. Thank you so much. Thank Always you. Great to see you all, Michael Bush. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> NBC Sports and NBC Sports Plus. Yes. As well. All right. We will take a break. We'll come back in a second, and uh, we got bizarre file stories to share. So stay there. We'll be right back. Two years, the strangest spectacle on snow is back. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic, Friday, March 3rd, at Scranton's Montage Mountain, with thousands up for grabs and cash prizes. Sled registration and complete details at WMMR.com. Come for the cardboard and stay for the Mountain Fest. Two days of live music, Mountainside. Friday night, it's up clear. Saturday starts with some pond skimming and ramps up with an explosive double bell. Lit. And fuel. Cap off the day with a fireworks show on the snow. Join us for a kickin' weekend at Montage. Preston and Steve's Cardboard Classic and Mountain Fest. Details at WMMR.com from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, we're going to roll this thing out right now and do the Bizarre File. I have some stories to share with you. All right, we're going to start with this. I don't know if you guys saw this video or not, but it's terrifying. A uh, man accused of attempting to abduct a barista. Yes. Oh, I yes. saw this. Yes. Yeah. The drive-thru. Dude, this is crazy. Well, he is uh, in court. They got him, and he appeared in court on Wednesday. A judge found probable cause for attempted kidnapping with sexual motivation and assault oh. and set Matthew Darnell's bail at $500,000, a formal charging decision. Is expected uh, probably by today. It was so scary, though. Did you yeah. see? He had like a like some sort of like zip tie. Yeah. Thing? So surveillance video shows Darnell trying to pull the barista into his car as she was handing him cash at the drive-through window early Monday morning, and when he couldn't grab the woman, uh, he tried to throw a zip tie around her head. He had like a looped thing that he was going to try. I- I've never seen. You know, an abduction through a window before like so that? Is this one so of these? Then he would still have to pull her into the vehicle. That, that's what I was thinking of that. Like, if he's attempting to do this, well, he's an idiot anyway. But yeah. um, that that must be, like, that, that's got to be tight. And, and if he would have gotten that around her, he probably would have been able to pull her out of well, the window. Well, he could have killed her, too. Yeah, I mean, too. If yeah. you're moving ahead and, and things could fall between the vehicle and the wall. Yeah. Is that one of those bikini coffee places where the baristas wear bikinis? Oh, I, I thought know. I'd read was that. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, I don't no. know. I thought that was a joke. No, no. They, they exist? That, yes, they do. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the woman was able to fight off Darnell, and he quickly drove away in a dark gray SUV. Police uh, posted the surveillance video on social media on Tuesday in hopes of identifying him. Uh, they also noted a large tattoo on his left forearm that appears to read Chevrolet. So it was a very identifiable yeah. oh, tattoo. Good. So Glad they got him. Yep. Uh, an art gallery owner in San Francisco is facing charges after footage of him hosing down a homeless woman went vi- viral. 
Uh, the video, which uh, was posted on social media, showed Collier Gwynn, owner of Foster Gwynn Gallery, using a garden hose to spray a woman sitting on a nearby sidewalk. Uh, San Francisco District Attorney Brooke Jenkins announced that her office has issued an arrest warrant for Gwynn. Uh, she'd said that Gwynn is charged with misdemeanor battery for the alleged intentional unlawful spraying of water on and around a woman experiencing homelessness. Uh, she went on to condemn the vandalism of uh, Gwynn's gallery, uh, stating that it's also completely unacceptable, and that must stop. Two wrongs don't make a right. I think people have been vandalizing the place since this video surfaced. If convicted, Gwynn faced up to six months in county jail. It could also be ordered to pay a $2,000 fund. Now, Gwynn said that he's called police and social services regarding yeah. the woman, who he says can be disruptive. He said the whole neighborhood is part of this situation. Uh, he said the police force is part of the situation. The city and social services is part of it. Uh, they've been repeated attempts to try and help this woman who is psychotic. He said there's absolutely nothing that can be done. Uh, they'll take her to a shelter, and then they'll turn her out in two days, and they'll take her to a hospital, and they'll release her within a day. He said in the moments before the video was filmed, he tried to help her move her belongings down the street and sprayed her with water when she refused. So he's got his side of the story, too. Yeah, yeah I can um, understand the frustration. But it's pretty bad to be hosing down a homeless person out on the street. Well, so. Also, it, despite what you might think, it, it, it happened to be very, very cold that day. Like, brutally oh, cold. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can't do that. You definitely can't do that. Uh, in Delray Beach, Florida, a woman... Uh, was pulled from a storm drain for the third time what? in just over two years on Wednesday. Stay out of the storm drain! <laughs> We've talked about this woman before. I, I really? remember this. Yes. Police say that they responded to a call of someone possibly in distress while swimming in a canal. When officers asked the woman if she needed help, uh, police said she ignored them and climbed into a storm drain pipe. The woman refused to come out and began crawling further into the pipe. Firefighters were able to contain the woman between two sections of pipe. Police said fire rescue special operations team members used a ladder and a rescue harness to get her out. Uh, the woman, identified as Lindsay Kennedy, appears to have minor injuries. She was taken to the hospital for evaluation. Now, police said Kennedy was also rescued from a storm drain in March of 2021. She was reported missing by her boyfriend at that time, uh, 20 days later, fire rescue crews found her stuck in a storm drain. She told officials that she entered the drain system after swimming in a canal, but later got lost and wandered through the tunnels for weeks. She likes it down there. Two months after that incident, the news station reported that police in Texas said Kennedy was missing. She was later found in a storm drain in Grand Prairie, Texas as well. That's on the other side of the country. Queen of the storm drain. Yeah. So this is my kingdom. Very, very strange. All right. This happens every now and then. A home in Ferguson Township, Pennsylvania, uh, that does not use heating oil received a delivery of the fuel that made its way into the sump pump and oh, into a nearby no. waterway earlier this month. So they pumped oil, oil into in a house that doesn't take oil to this house. Oh. Oh, and no. and we've I remember when this happened before. We had taken calls from people who do this for a living, yeah. and they said sometimes they have old, outdated systems where there was an oil heater inside the home, right. and so there's still piping and nozzles outside. They just go to nothing now. No. And so somebody plugged into this thing and pumped what they say was about 100 gallons of fuel into this home. Uh, so... Apparently, it went into the sump pump, and now that has gone out into the creeks and so on. Uh, so they got to do, do a massive uh, cleanup in this whole thing. A contractor has been procured 
uh, by the responsible party to provide environmental remediation. Cleanup will be done using a vacuum truck in the homeowner's basement and booms and pads on the water. What's the company that does the uh, the reclamation after... Um you know, flooding and uh, spills like this—they're they're known. This is the, they're like the company Not for sure. after hurricanes and stuff like that or flooding. Yeah, they're they. It's amazing what they can do, but that's going to be a tall order. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. A man became violently ill over the weekend after eating a Taco Bell burrito that contained rat poison. Ew. And the sheriff's office is investigating how the poison ended up in there. Listen to this. So the sheriff's office responded uh, to the Taco Bell for a report of a disturbance. Deputies found that there had been a heated exchange between a customer and employees due to the soda machine not working. Mm -hmm. The customer was eventually given an extra burrito and went home. I think this is one of those rat poison cases. Uh, Several hours later, about 7.50 p.m., a hospital contacted the sheriff's office and reported that they were caring for a patient who had eaten a Taco Bell and ingested rat poison. Mm. The hospital confirmed there was indeed rat poison in the burrito. Investigators determined that the sick individual was the same person involved in the earlier disturbance. Uh-huh. Deputies responded to his home. The hospital and Taco Bell began uh, went to the hospital and Taco Bell and began to investigate. Uh, they learned from the victim that he had gone home, done chores, and watched some TV before eating the food items he had purchased earlier at Taco Bell. He said he became immediately violently ill and called nine one one. Uh, he was taken by ambulance to the hospital, and it was confirmed that there was rat poison in the food. A surveillance video from both the interior and exterior areas of the Taco Bell was collected as evidence. So I think an employee was a little pissed off at this guy. There's no chance try to kill that him. if it's prepared right, you could eat it. I don't know. Yeah. I've never looked into cooking rat poison before, so no. we'll have to see. you got to make it the right way. It's like a blowfish. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment, but we need to see. Do we have the, our cool music for this? We need to see if you do indeed know the emoji code. All right, so here's what we'll do. We'll take caller number 20 at 215-263-WMMR. You've had time all morning long to inspect, interpret, and crack the code of the emoji code. And if you know when you're calling number 20 and you get it right, you're going to win the autographed uh, Jalen Hurts uh, miniature football helmet and football courtesy of Window Nation. All right, 215-263-WMMR. Window Nation trusted by over 100,000 homeowners and proudly endorsed by Jalen Hurts. So we'll see if you win. We're going to take a break. Come back in a second. Do that as well as the lesson question, trash, and music news and all of that. Why am I not uh, hearing (laughs) anything? There we go. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. You've been making better decisions for your busy family for years. And now, little by little, you're making decisions for yourself. Like snacking a little better, going a little further, sleeping a little deeper. Acme's here to make that journey easier and even more rewarding with their new Sincerely Health platform featuring nutrition plans, prescription reminders, and more. Sign up in the Acme mobile app to earn up to $25 in grocery rewards. Visit acmemarkets.com health for more details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We have stuff to give away, so I'm going to do a series of, of giving things away right at this very moment. Sal. Uh, so, not Sal. Sal. So, uh, Casey came up with a mechanism to give away what I have actually right here in front of us. We have uh, both uh, items. We have the autographed miniature 
Eagles helmet and the autographed uh, football uh, Jalen Hurts signature on there. And it's courtesy of Window Nation. It's the emoji code that we are doing. Casey came up with a series of emojis that do create a phrase. If you can identify what that phrase is, the prize is yours. So we're going to go to the phones. We're starting with caller 20. If caller 20 doesn't get it right, we'll go to caller 21 and then 22 and 3 and so on and so on until we get a correct answer. So here we go. We will start with Jason. Hi, Jason. Hey, you guys rock. Thank you, Jason. All right. Did you crack the emoji code? I hope so. What do you think that it is? I think it's, I drink tea to sleep so good. That is incorrect, Jason. It's a tough one. I, uh, Kathy and I were sitting here analyzing it, breaking it down. I, I, I never would have got one it. part no. of it. Yeah, so don't, don't feel bad. <laughs> yep. All right, we'll go to caller number 21, and that's John. He gets a crack at it. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Hey, bud. All right, so what is the emoji code, please? Hi on pot. Sleep so good. High on pot. <laughs> sleep so good. That, no. That's my favorite, though. I do like that, that John. Yeah. We're going to give you points for that. Uh, they're not worth anything, but you do get points. All right. Thank you, bud. Uh, let's try another caller. This one's Adam. Hey, Adam. Hey, guys. You rock. Oh, thank you, Adam. All right, Adam, what is your interpretation of the emoji code? Uh, hurt so good. Hurt so good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's correct. All right, so I'll describe what the code is. Hang on, Adam. We'll get you your prize. It is a is a, a girl, a female emoji, holding up her hand, waving hi. Then you have a teapot, and then you have the sleeping emoji with the three little Zs indicate that they're snoring. And then you have a sewing needle with thread through it, and then a uh, an emoji with a halo over it. So the it, it goes her T Z hurts. I think the the thing that throws people off is the the fact the girl is waving. Yeah, uh, and then so is the needle and thread, and then good is the uh, emoji with the halo over it. So I always take these things very literally and believe that each symbol it represents a word. Yeah, That's and so uh, yeah, right. So so <laughs> that you're actually uh, taking letters and building words from the multiple emojis. Yeah. And that's the beautiful beautiful thing about emoji codes is uh, you know it it could be that. So Adam gets the autographed uh, Jalen Hurts uh, signed fo- or the football helmet, miniature helmet, and also a football as well that is autographed by Jalen Hurts, courtesy of our friends at Window Nation, trusted by over 100,000 homeowners, and proudly endorsed by Jalen Hurts. So congratulations to you, Adam. All right, in the meantime, we're going to do today's lesson question. We're going to give away a prize of a four-pack of tickets for the Philadelphia Wings game against Toronto Rock, and it is tomorrow And the question that I will ask you this morning is, after signing a a member of BTS as their global ambassador, what food item has Christian Jor also recently released? 215-263-WMMR. That was from the 6 o'clock hour, just just shy of 7 a.m. After signing a member of BTS as their global ambassador, what food item has Christian Dior also recently released? 215-263-WMMR. Call if you know the answer. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR. 
with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right. We'll get that answer shortly. In the meantime, let's get the trash. What's going on this morning, Steve? All right. Actor Brian Cox defending Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling, saying people are, quote, a bit high and mighty about their attitude towards her. The legendary actor says he and Rowling are kindred spirits and believes there's a lot of Rowling in him and a lot of Cox in her. Oh, my hey! God. <laughs> Ray, Ralph Fiennes. Is it Ray for Ralph? Ray, Ray, Ray. Ray. Arriving for his first day shooting on the movie Conclave, in which he plays Cardinal Lomemi, uh, apparently the confused fines had to be sent back to wardrobe to return his baseball mitt and catcher's mask. <laughs> oh, my God. And finally, Instagram introduced a new feature called Quiet Mode that will allow users to take steps to limit their access to the app when they need to focus on other things. While in Quiet Mode, any attempt by the user to access Instagram will automatically send an anonymous text to your mother telling her you're viewing child pornography. Wow. <laughs> All right, we're looking for somebody who knows the answer to this question after signing a member of BTS as our global ambassador. What food item is Christian Jor also recently released? 215-263-WMMR. We'll go to Joe, see if we can get the answer. Hey, Joe. What's up? You guys rock. You're the best, Joe. All right, so what did uh, Christian Dior recently release? Uh, I'm into nuggets, y'all. Nuggets! (laughs) You got it, buddy. Hang on, Joe. Got yourself a four-pack of tickets for the Philadelphia Wings game against Toronto Rock this Saturday, January 21st, Wells Fargo Center. You can be there for 215 night. Uh, when the Wings celebrate all things Philly, and you can score great deals for the whole family with $2 pretzels, dollar hot dogs, and $5 beers. Get your tickets at wingslax.com. Time for music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. All right, we have a lot of unfortunate uh, information to pass along in music news, and we're going to start with the uh, local story uh, that was uh, very tough to swallow this morning in the fact uh, that Jerry Blavitt, the legendary Jerry Blavitt, the geeter with the heater, the boss with the hot sauce, has passed away. Uh, He was 82 years old, and uh, he passed away at about 345 this morning. We had seen reports yesterday that that he had passed, and those were... uh, those were essentially based on rumors, but yeah. he had been hospitalized. Right. Uh, and then word came down this morning that he had passed. It's horrible, horrible news. Uh, Pierre Robert is in the studio with this morning. He and Jerry were very close friends. This is just terrible news. It's um, it's crushing yeah. to me, to be honest. Um, it's like uh, starting to think of uh, how you would describe it. And it, uh, I would say like a... Um, giant silence yeah because uh, he made so much sound you know and uh and he's so vibrant and so alive and and the fact that that he's that voice isn't there <clears throat> is rather crushing sorry no we was absolutely we thought of you immediately and obviously um you know because of your your friendship and you were just a, the the biggest prophet of uh of jerry's and and it was uh it was Wonderful earlier. I, I, I don't know if you got to hear any of it. We did an extended segment, Pierre, and people were calling in with the most wonderful experiences with him. And, um, you know, whether it was somebody who was painting uh, one of the clubs he was working at and he went out and got them lunch or, or whatever, um, it, it's just a, it's a, a legacy of, of kindness and, um, and, and that energy that he's leaving behind. Well, you know, and massive generosity. I mean, you could not go out to dinner with him and attempt to pick up the check. It was impossible. I did it once, and he got really mad at me. <laughs> uh, and-
and he, I mean, he was so quirky uh, and wonderful. He would ride his bicycle all over town, you know, yeah. into yeah. being 80. Uh, you guys were there the the day uh, I was inducted uh, that afternoon uh, into the Walk of Fame, and he was one of the MCs, and um, he rode his bicycle over from uh, Old City, where he lives, uh, to to do that, you know, and. Um, he, he, when he'd go to a restaurant, he would bring a satchel of wine. He would, uh, you could, he'd be going to Le Bec Finn, which at one point was one of the best restaurants in the country. And he would bring his own wine. He, he would, um, I said, Geeter, they've got good wine here. He goes, <laughs> not like mine. <laughs> I, I mean, and uh, the first time I went out to, he says, join me. And it was almost like, yes, Godfather. He says, join me um, at this Italian restaurant up in Northern Liberties. I can't remember the name of it. And I walk in, and he and his entourage have taken a giant booth. <laughs> and he he says, I said, I don't, he says, I've ordered for you. I said, I don't mean to offend you, um, Jerry, but I'm, I'm a vegetarian. I know what you are. <laughs> Patrick, come over here. You're going to take care of him. Okay, and you're going home with a cheesesteak from Sam's Cheesesteak on Washington and Girard. And then I've got this. Now, this is my urologist. This is his secretary. And he proceeds to introduce me to this wide variety of, of very colorful personalities in their own right. Um, he would have a Christmas party. The last one was last year. Um, not this year, but just last year, and you—it was a giant square table, um, and uh, and around it you would find everyone from Larry Maggot from Electric Factory Concerts to um, state senators sitting next to mobsters. Wow! He goes, you see that guy with the sunglasses? And I go, yeah. He goes, just got out of the joint. <laughs> <laughs> just got out of the joint. Um, and I, and uh, then I sat next to the guy with the sunglasses, and I said, how are you, sir? He goes. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Geeter, he, he would, I'm sorry, I'm just rambling no, on. But no, Yeah, things are just coming to mind. He would do an oldie show, and he would come on your show to plug it every mm -hmm. year, and it was coming up next weekend, and oh. they had to postpone it. Um, and um, there was one performer, and I don't remember what the hit was that he had, but, uh, you know, big hit in the late 50s, early 60s, and he called Jerry that morning, says, J uh, Jerry can't make it, and he goes, I've paid you eight thousand dollars and ten thousand, and and that setup, they had a backing band, and each artist would come on and sing four of their greatest hits, and then Jerry would walk on outfit change after outfit change. There was one more song, wasn't there? One more song you did, and they do their biggest. Yeah, hit. yeah. And it, it was this great format for these presentations of these shows at the Kimmel Center, packed always, and. Um, uh, this guy didn't, sh he said, he calls him at 10 o'clock that morning. They're having rehearsals. Jerry, I can't make it. He goes, you're going to make it. <laughs> and he said, I've already paid you and you've already cashed the check. And he goes, uh, I can't make it. I'm not feeling well. He goes, you're going to be here and you're going on stage and you're singing your three hits. <laughs> and he goes, no, Jerry, I can't do it. He goes, I will be in touch. At which point, um... He called some friends in northern New Jersey, and about 
2 p.m., a knock on this performer's door happened, and two gigantic gentlemen were there going, you're coming with us. <laughs> and he goes, what? He goes, you've got a show to do tonight. Oh, and they what? grabbed him on either side and took him down to the van, and, and, down, and down to Philly he came, and out on stage he went. And he, I mean, all the rest of them are in tuxedos. This guy's in sweatpants and a T-shirt. <laughs> but he went out and sang his three hits. And he says, Jerry says, I had some help on that one. <laughs> I mean, his, his connections, you know, his stories. I mean, I, I can't even begin to well, do let, justice. Let me ask you, uh, we were we were talking this morning about how we, you know, with his energy and he's in really phenomenal shape, um, you know, did... Uh, did you have any inkling that there's something was amiss? I, I did when I texted him right before um, Thanksgiving. I said, I, got, I haven't seen you for a while. We've got to get together for dinner. And he said, I'll be in touch. He texted me right back, said, I'll be in touch. I'll look forward to it. But then, you know, I, and I didn't want to bother him. I didn't hear from him throughout December. And apparently he was hospitalized through much of December. Mm. Myasthenia, myasthenia gravis? I, I I believe I don't know if I have that quite accurately, but his family called me this morning uh, to confirm the news, uh, and and they called on his phone, um, and so the audio uh-huh. thing says Geeter with a heater, yeah, yeah, and I go oh s, yeah, and um, I yeah. I came out of a cold sleep to that, and uh, um, he he, but I had talked to one of his record spinners that would do his gigs with him. And he said, no, he's doing better. Um, and I said, I, I got to see him. And I, t- I phoned his, oddly enough, his girlfriend just a couple of nights ago and um, uh, left a message and didn't hear back. And I thought that was odd. And then, you know, the Kimmel show got postponed and other stuff. And so, uh, you know, so I, I, I worried. And then li- yesterday afternoon, right after hear about Crosby, yeah, I get a text from Brittany, Jackie's girlfriend, that said Jerry's pass, and it's like the one-two punch. It's just like, could you hit me any harder or hurt me any more? And uh, and I and then the family came out and said, no, he hasn't passed. Right, and <clears throat> you know, but then he did at three forty-five, as you said. Yeah, we were all texting back and forth last night because the news was reported um, early. Somehow, no, he hadn't passed, but apparently he was in. Pretty bad shape, right. so, yeah. Um, myasthenia grayus is characterized as a weakness and rapid fatigue of any of the muscles under your voluntary control. It's caused by a breakdown of the normal communication between nerves and muscles. Myasthenia gra- is it gravis? Is that how it's pronounced, I think? Yeah, I think it's, it's gravis. gravis. Yeah, yeah. Myasthenia, is that the first word, Kathy? Uh, it's myasthenia, yeah. Okay. So it's very, it's very um, energy-sucking. I, mm. I think it's an autoimmune disease. Okay, yeah. I mean, it must have come on suddenly. Uh, because he, you know, was very vibrant. I don't know if he was usually in the Thanksgiving parade, always in the Mother's Parade. I don't know if he was in either of those because this was right before Thanksgiving when he said, I got a pass on dinner right now, but I'll get back to you soon. And that's the last communication I had from him. Was Jerry, what, what was his level of, because uh, we, everybody knows Jerry Blavitt around right. here. Everybody knows who he is. What was his level of... Um uh, national profile because he he certainly danced in that and we were playing a clip from Jeopardy that they, he was one of the yeah. clues on Jeopardy right. and Mon- the, uh, monkeys. He was on the monkeys yeah. and and he, he did movies and things like that he was uh, in the mid sixties he was so hot here and he was on Ameri- he was one of the original dancers on American Bandstand mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, hosted a TV show on one of the local TV stations every afternoon a dance show. Uh, and he got invited out to Hollywood, and between 66 and 69, he was back and forth. 
and there was some shows. He was recognized uh, nationally, I mean, yeah. and friends with, you know, everyone from Chuck Berry to Frank Sinatra. Sinatra would call him Matchstick because he was <laughs> so thin and, and he wasn't tall. And he goes, Matchstick, I, I need your mother's raviolis. <laughs> and Sinatra and Sammy Davis and Liza Minnelli were on that final tour of theirs together. And the three of them and Barbara Sinatra, uh, Frank bought out all of Bookbinders uh, for the evening so no one could go there. And the four of them and Jerry Blavitt are there. But Bookbinders was known for its own, you know, uh, seafood cuisine. Mm -hmm. Frank didn't want that. Frank wanted this a setting of bookbinders, and then Jerry would go down to South Philly, and his mother would cook raviolis. <laughs> he would run them up and bring them into the restaurant for Frank. Frank would eat them and start crying. He goes, this is just like my mother made. Oh. And I mean, you know, you know, he he'd ride around with Sinatra, you know, with Dean Martin. He, Sammy Davis was a huge friend of his. He told us the story of Sammy, <laughs> and I think he might have gotten engaged at Jerry's house. He he did in and, South Philly. But, but he said it was interesting that Sammy brought over and they all watched Deep Throat together. Really? <laughs> yeah. At Jerry's house. Yeah, he told wow. us that story. Yep. I've never heard that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sammy was in L.A. When, uh, when, excuse me, Jerry was in L.A. when Sammy died and actually helped to get his body into the hearse and, and cover it and uh, alter, uh, do a, a thing so the press couldn't see them leaving with it. Um, he, I mean, he was very close with all those guys, but, you know, so be it members of the Rat Pack and that element, you know, Jerry Lewis to Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Bob Hope, he knew all those people and they knew him. Um, but then there was, you know, the, the fifties and sixties legends of, you know, Chuck Berry, Fats Domino and both doo-wop groups. All so he was yeah. firmly entrenched in, 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 besides the showmanship and besides the others. He was a, a part of the music industry, right? It started with the music, Steve. Right. I mean it was I mean he wasn't he wasn't at it for national fame right. or, or even local fame. It it was all about the music. He was offered a job at satellite radio on Little Stevens Chase uh, station and uh, which would have been a perfect venue for him. And then he goes, yeah, I would love to do a couple of hours a week. And then Steven said, yeah, you just got to play these songs. And he goes, no. <laughs> he goes, well, and I saw, I met little Steven a couple of years after that. I go, you offered Jerry Blavitt a gig and, and he turned it down because he couldn't play his own songs. And Steven said, well, you got to follow the format. And I go, F the format. <laughs> F the F and format. I mean, people think satellite doesn't have a format. It yeah. does. And... And I go, if you have Jerry Blavitt on your airwaves, you're going to tell him what to play? No station ever that he worked at ever would he follow any list of any kind. It was his music or he, you, you wouldn't get him. Uh, and, I, you know, and to this day, XPN uh, at 6 o'clock on Saturday nights, WXPN has a magnificent show. And I would imagine much like Fridays with Frank that continues in syndication, they will continue it. Um, but what he does over the 6 to 7 p.m. hour, it's like a musical lesson. He'll play different versions of hits and tell you that, you know, I can't name the but the impressions. And then it was covered by The Temptations. And then Diana Ross did it in 1962. And, I mean, his level of knowledge of the details of that music and then the ability to present it. You know, remember in England, DJs are called presenters. Yeah. He would present this music to his audience. And then his audience grew with him. He was having sock ops last summer at Memories at Margate. It was its 50th anniversary. And he would go down there 
drive down and do a, a two or three hour show with with people dancing. And these are not teenagers anymore. No. <laughs> he, in the early days, he called them young teens. Uh, they were, you know, they were adults in their 50s, 60s and 70s and beyond. And they would be out on the dance floor dancing to, you know, the four tops or whatever it was he would put on. And he'd do that that rap and the finger snapping thing. <laughs> And I, I was with him. You, you couldn't go anywhere with it, I, him in public. I was having a drink with him at the, at the Ritz Carlton a couple of years ago, and people were just flocking to him left and right. And then this drunken guy approached the bar, and he was bothering the bartender. And he pulls the bartender aside and goes, "I know what to do with him," because Jerry had 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 a few mob connections over, yeah, yeah. over the years. And he said, "Do this, this, and this." And he called the security. They did that, that, and that. And that man instantly disappeared. Um, he, but but he was also so friendly, nice to everybody. The finger snapping, my man, pots and pans. I mean, one thing after the other after the other. But it started and ended with the music for him. His love and passion for that music, and spreading it, and continuing to spread it and keep it alive. Those Kimmel shows were that. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. No, on. no, no, no. It, the, the, all I, I love hearing it because I know how connected uh, you um, you uh, were with him. Uh, we talked earlier about the generations that were brought together because we had calls from people who were in their their 20s and 30s who had gone to the recent right. the, the shows and and that they were there with their their uh, parents or grandparents, and then they were all having a collective uh, good time, and that's something that's quite a thing to pull off. And uh, he was a state of the art when it comes to that. But that's what music does. It brings together all different kinds of people with all different kinds of viewpoint, all different kinds of ages, all different kinds of sounds. Um, you know, and those Kimmel shows, I mean, one of them, he had Low Cut Connie on. He saw Low Cut Connie somewhere. He goes, they've got to be on my next show. Yeah. Because Adam from Low Cut Connie reminded him of um, um, uh, the guy who played the piano. Who just That's died. Adam. Oh, oh. Uh, 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 Jerry piano. Lee Lewis. Oh, okay. okay yeah. uh, you know, and so he had, he had uh, Low Cut Connie <clears throat> open the show. And he goes, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to see this band. <clears throat> uh, these shows were so much fun. I, I, do you have the shout out there, Casey? Um Nice. No, I thought Pancake brought it in. Okay. Well, a couple of years, maybe last time, uh, last year, last time he had the show, he shouted out Jackie and me, and uh, I have audio of it somewhere, and asked us to stand up Vegas style, you know, <laughs> like in Vegas when, right. you know, Dean Martin would be on. He goes, look, there's Jerry Lewis. Well, yeah. no, he wouldn't have said Jerry Lewis. Cause Buddy would, Hackett. There's Buddy Hackett. And stand up, buddy. Take a bow. <laughs> and um, between one of the acts, he goes... Jackie Bam Bam is here, and so is Pierre Rovere. Stand up, you two. And we both stood up. And then he goes, they and Steve and Preston. He never said Preston and Steve. He always said Steve and Preston, but he acknowledged you guys from the stage. He likes Steve better than me. Um, maybe. I don't know. But, I'm a um, big finger clicker. Yeah. But, I mean, he, but he just, uh, there, there, there's a warmth there. And he, he he's just a, a lovely warm caring guy and and so passionate i he just i i'm crazy about him i love him so much and i i can't imagine a world with him not in it um yeah. the silence i don't know yeah. yeah well we have another one to talk about as well this david crosby <laughs> which was uh which was around that really same time <laughs> yesterday that we started hearing that jerry uh was in a bad way and then uh you know uh yeah, we were just like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me, man. Oh, wait, now we have the Geeter shout-out? Yeah. All right, this is uh, before we go over to David Crosby. Can we put up the light on that young man? He carries the torch of Philadelphia. Damn 
my man. just last year um wow uh at the uh, Kimmel show mm. and i mean just so warm so gracious so friendly so in love with the music and and so willing to share it now obviously you knew him very very well uh you're also uh you have a connection to uh, Graham Nash uh do you ever get a chance to speak to David Crosby through the years yeah crosby um <clears throat> i i was a kid in high school and I, they were my favorite band uh and i would have dreams of meeting them. And I would see every incarnation, because if you went to a Crosby show, there might be a chance that Nash would show up. Nash show, Crosby might show up. Still show, Stephen uh, might bring on Graham and David. And mm-hmm. the the always um, mysterious, ghostly Neil would even <laughs> pop in from time to time. And then there'd be when they go out as all four. So I saw them, uh, I don't more times than any other band, mm. I, hundreds of times in various combinations. And I met, well, I met David in San Francisco. He was too high to remember at the time. He had a serious problem with uh, crack cocaine that you smoke. Um, there's a name for the smoke kind. Um, I, I can't, anyway, he would put it in a pipe and and use a butane torch and light it freebase. Freebase, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and he had a wicked problem with that. Um, but, I mean, his... His his talents are are stunning. He, he played our twenty fifth anniversary, um, you know, and did Long Time Gone and Wooden Ships and almost cut my hair. Uh, along with you know, he was on stage Jethro Tull and Paul Rogers of Bad Company. Um, but I mean, he started as a folk singer. His father won an Academy Award in nineteen thirty one as that. a cinematographer, Floyd Crosby. And he was so unimpressed with the award that, uh, as David was growing up, the Academy Award was used in the house as a doorstop. <laughs> um, and he grew up, you know, with the family singing around the piano, uh, became a folk singer, uh, and got into that groove. Eventually met uh, Roger McGuinn and Gene Clark and formed the Birds uh, throughout the late 60s. And then um, he was doing a lot of speaking out against Vietnam War and... They thought his songs were too quirky, so um, they actually fired him from the birds, and he was out uh, for a couple of, not very long, three or four months, and he was chatting with Stephen because he knew Stephen Stills from the Buffalo Springfield, which had also dissolved, and then Graham Nash was uh, flying uh, into uh, L.A. with the Hollies, and Mama Cass introduced uh, Graham Nash to Crosby, who introduced him to Stills, and the three of them played uh, for the first time at Joni Mitchell's house. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And um, uh, Graham heard the two. Uh, Graham heard Stephen. It's a song called "You Don't Have to Cry," and they did one round of it uh, with just Stephen and uh, Crosby. Graham said, "Do it again." And he said, do it one more time. And by the third time, Graham had joined in on vocals, and they they instantly discovered the triple harmony that they possessed and fell in love with each other. When um, 
When Stephen and David were driving Graham to the airport to return to England to rejoin the Hollies, Stephen turned to Crosby and said, which one of us is going to kidnap him, <laughs> uh, meaning Graham. And uh, Graham went back to um, England, quit the Hollies, and came back and CSN formed. They made that legendary first album, uh, and then... Uh, they started touring, and Amit Erdogan from Atlantic Records said, you need a fourth. And Stephen knew Neil, although Neil, always mercurial, um, invited Neil, and Neil joined, and it became CSNY. And that would be off and on in any combination of the four of those mm-hmm. uh, up until just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, uh, that's, uh, yeah. Again, I mean, Crosby overcome, overcame... A huge, I mean, he'd always smoked pot, um, you know, from the time he discovered pot. Someone had asked him, have you ever uh, not been stoned on stage? And he goes, no, never. Yeah, yeah. Uh, up until, you know, up until the late 80s. Oh, this is so magical. Yep. Listen to this harmony. Mm-hmm. wonders at the empty place inside. Heartlessly helping himself. To her bad dreams, he worries. Did he hear a goodbye? I, or even. Listen, one more round. Hello, they are one person. They are two alone. They are three together. They are four each other. When each one joined in, and then when Neil would join, each of them would go there. One person, two alone, three apart, four together, and um, it was uh, it was stunning. Uh, you know, they they were very mercurial as well because Crosby used to say, uh, "We are four vials of nitroglycerin, <laughs> and uh, drop any one of them, and the whole thing goes up, and it, it would blow up all the time. Um, it just had recently with, um, you know, uh, the Neil Young uh, was very upset at Crosby's comments about Daryl Hannah. Right. Um, that was part of uh, the friction. Graham had written an autobiography, uh, which talked quite extensively. Uh, this is Deja Vu, another great Crosby song. We've all been there before. That's the Crosby part with all of you. And um, it's my favorite harmony coming up. And I Across the cost of freedom. I, I mean, no, oh it's, it's just two lines yeah. sung, you know, over. But like the, the the second time it's sung, it's you know the entire crew, uh, group. And I mean, what a powerful, 
powerful lyric. It's just find the cause of freedom buried in the ground. I thought uh, his vocal parts, his vocal contribution, what they did was kind of interesting because it's very easy to pick out. Graham Nash, who's way up high, hitting those high notes. And then you've got Stills, who's taking a lot of the lead, a lot right. of that, that main melody. And and Crosby fits in there like kind of like um, George Harrison did amongst those vocals, that, that glue that brought all those parts together. It's in the middle, and it's not easy to find it and you to sing along with it. Right. It's a really hard for a vocalist to do. Well, I mean, their harmonies were, were very difficult. And, I mean, I saw, you know, much like the Grateful Dead, you could see amazing shows and you could see shows that weren't so amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they didn't have vocal uh, supplements. Uh, I mean, a lot of bands have parts, you know, keyboards yep. they can hit that cover the high part. And, you know, and it sounds, my God, they're singing great. Well, they're not all singing. <laughs> you know. Right, and, right. Um, um, you know, they didn't. So when they hit those harmonies, it was for real. And they did up until even recently. I wanted to ask you about uh, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes because I think it's one of the greatest songs of all time. It's bar none, one of my all-time favorite songs. Uh, but it originally started as three separate songs. Is that right? Yeah. Three or four separate uh, yeah. songs. Um, it, it was uh, a sweet. That's why it's called, uh, it's not S-W-E-E-T, it's S-U-I-T-E. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a suite of songs. Partially uh, referencing uh, Judy Collins that Stephen uh, Stills had had a relationship with. Uh, but then it went into all these other parts. And um, I don't know if it was Graham or Crosby or Stills himself that combined it into a seven-minute song that Top 40 Radio was playing in 1969, which was very unusual because you didn't get more than a three-and-a-half-minute right, song. Right, right. Yeah. It's unheard of. The uh, picture, we have a little picture up on the screen of their of the first album cover of the three of them sitting on a beat-up old couch, and it's Nash, Stills, and Crosby, and they got the picture back to the record company, and they go, it's out of order. Uh, We're just introducing these guys, even though three of them, you know, they all came from famous groups, Nash from the Hollies, Stills from Buffalo Springfield, Crosby from the Birds. They went back the next day to reshoot it, and the house had been torn down. So they they left the photo as it is. That's classic. There, there are several other songs that that will actually bring me to tears. Helplessly hoping is oh, one of them, and then this one. I know it's a hit and it gets played a lot, but um, when I hear "Teach Your Children" yeah. and they get to the line and know they love you, it's just it, it's hard to get not. It's hard to not get caught up in the emotion. So true of that. And so, become yourself, because the past is just a goodbye. Teach your children well, their father's hell did slowly go by. And feed them on your dreams. The one they picked, the one you know by. Don't you ever ask them why, if they told you you would cry. So just look at them and sigh. And know they love you. The beauty of that song... Um, 
was written when they were young men, and they were almost on the children's side of it, you know, and they were kind of anti-establishment, mm. looking towards the adults that were running the country, saying, no, we kids, we hippies, we can do it better, uh, as they evolved in age and had kids of their own, and in some cases, grandchildren, um, they became the adults. That's an interesting so spin. The, yeah. you know, because it, it also, the song says, teach your children, but for the kids, it says, teach your parents mm. as well. Yeah. So they know what you're going through, uh, what your elders groove by uh, in the song. Yeah. And um, uh, they're, it, they're, you know, so uh, David had had such a struggle, um, you know, such success. And then the addiction, he was arrested in 85 in Texas and went to jail for a year and a half. Uh, I had launched a campaign to have people write him letters. And when he got out, he said he got more letters from Philly than anywhere else. No That's way. Wild. Uh, which was really cool. And wow. he got sober after that and uh, really became an icon for helping other people. But, I mean, he developed all kinds of physical ailments along the way. All the all the drugs, um had caused him to get hep C, and then he had to have a liver transplant, then he got diabetes and heart problems. So he performed up until just recently and even had a show schedule in February in Santa Barbara. Um, but uh, I guess it all caught up with him. Well, and, and as Steve has pointed out, um, we, we got many more years out of him than we probably should have. So Nine lives. The guy, yeah. the guy had a, a good long run to make it that I mean, far. I mean, Graham... I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Uh, Graham was such a friend to him, although they did have a falling out at the end because he didn't like Graham's book. Um, but Graham was such an amazing friend to him. Uh, during the height of his drug-crazed years, he sold all his catalog away to drug dealers for drug money. Wow. And Graham spent his own money, and it was a lot of money, to buy the whole catalog back and sold it back to David for $1. No oh, wow. I mean, Graham picked that guy up uh, wow. and... You know, Graham was the glue that held that the, the nitroglycerin together because yeah. he's so calm and even and such a he's the nicest one of the nicest human beings, let alone the nicest rock star I've ever known. But he kept that whole uh, very you know um, um, combustible combination together. But when it would fly, it would just soar. Yeah. And uh, David did several solo albums in the last number of years that were quite critically acclaimed as well. So. Um, uh, you're you're going to explore the music uh, yeah. during Workforce Blocks, I would imagine, or yes. a separate tribute. I'm not sure. I, ha I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> right. well, I think, listen, what you right. just did now, just speaking from the heart, you're you, in, uniquely equipped to talk about this, uh, both these passings, and, um, you know, it's uh, it's what you do best. Yeah. I, I was, uh, I pulled into a Starbucks <laughs> And I get a call from uh, one of Jackson Brown's assistants and who's also worked for CSN. I go, he never calls me. This can't be good. And he broke the news about Crosby. And then no sooner do I get off the phone with him than Brittany Rotundo, Jackie's girlfriend, texts me about Jerry. Right. I mean, it was the one-two punch. It was Muhammad Ali hitting me. Yeah. And, and, and going, you've got to be kidding me. So uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I hope we can do some justice to him. But thank you for the time. I didn't sure, mean to go no, on no, too we, long. We wanted um, you here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we do have to take a break. Uh, so we're going to do that now. We're going to come back in a moment. Uh, we'll get to the uh, letter of the day, word of the week prize. Give that away. I have one last thing I have to give away now, and I'm happy to do it because. Uh, our friend Jose Garces has a new restaurant, Garces Trading Company, at the Kimmel Center. And I have, this is kind of our grand prize, I have a $50 gift card for uh, Garces Trading Company. And then I have a $100 
a Kimmel gift card, Whoa. Kimmel Center gift card. She could use that to take us to a show or whatever it may be. 215-263-WMMR, call number 16. We're going to give that to you, and we'll be back in a minute. Stay with us. Casey Boy from the Preston and Steve Show today from 3 to 5 at Acme at 19th and Oregon in South Philly for an official Eagles pep rally. Play against Casey in our inflatable and indoor football toss to win prizes, samples, Eagles merch, and more. Acme, official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. A little late one on a Friday with the Preston and Steve Show, but uh, we had a lot to talk about today. We appreciate you being around for... The entirety of it all. Hopefully you've been here for the whole thing. Uh, I would like to thank our guests who have been on the show today, including Mr. Bo Allen. Yeah. Super Bowl champion with the Philadelphia Eagles. Bo is great, man. He checked in uh, via Zoom. We talked uh, birds. What it's very like good. Once you get into the postseason and, uh, you know, what's it, what it's like for a player. And he has some really cool things to say. He's, he's solid. He's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also want to thank our buddy Michael Barkan uh, for being here as well, talking uh, all Philly sports. And uh, you can catch him on uh, NBC Sports and NBC Sports Plus. They're getting ready for the game tomorrow, of course. Uh, thank you to the Graces, uh, the Garces Trading Company. Yes. Not Graces, but we are in their good graces because they brought us some amazing oh, food uh, today. And, the, yeah, the, the spread included, uh, and there's some... Um, Vegetarian options in there for you, Pierre. The Jardinier Jardinier sandwich. Oh, very Jardinier. Yes, shaved zucchini, radicchio, relish, fontina, valdasto, mm. and membrillo. That means wow. the sandwich from the garden. Uh, the, oh. What does that mean? That means the sandwich from the garden. Jardinier sandwich. Yes. Partake of our sandwiches from the garden. <laughs> uh, uh, the crema de bravo sandwich, a chicken uh, salad croissant, and uh, and chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> are what they call the cookies of the chocolate chip. <laughs> in each cookie, you shall find embedded small morsels of chocolate, reminding you and me of my home village of Chocolatina. <laughs> Chocolatina. Chocolatina? <laughs> uh, you can go uh, to KimmelCulturalCampus.org uh, for all information on that. Uh, before, yeah, we go, uh, before we do the crossover with Pierre... Did you guys know we're saying goodbye to someone today? No! Oh, no, one of our... Gina's, no! Gina's last day. No, you got to be effing no! kidding me. Is that why she no! brought in cookies? To make us no, she's better? brought them in before. Oh. She's not allowed to leave. Oh, yeah. my God. Today's your last Hi. day. Yeah, Gina, intern Gina, oh, man. who's absolutely one of the best. And where, where do you go to school, Gina? I went to the University of Delaware. You went to the University of Delaware. Yeah. You're still going to do voiceover stuff for me. Yes, I all will. Right, all right. Well, Steve... I'm here to make an announcement. Well, she's not only going to be doing voiceover stuff for you. She is MMR's new digital assistant. Oh! Oh! So she's not going anywhere. Right, so we don't have to play this. Well, it's her last wait. day being here in the morning with us. It's still a win, man. Yeah. Wait, wait. I got something for you. Uh, oh, there it is. Hang okay. on a second. Welcome this back. Oh, no, this is it. This Hang is on. better. This is better. All right. We're saying hello and goodbye yeah, yeah. all at the same shot. So that's a deal. I love so. the Beatles, too. Yeah, she does. So She's perfect. a hardcore Beatles fanatic, which is awesome. Hardcore. Not yeah. as hardcore as you, Preston, I think. I don't know, man. You're, you're uh, George is your man, right? Yeah, we should yeah. have a knowledge off. All right, we should do that. <laughs> yeah. Now that she'll be around. So How that's cool. You? I'm 21. So isn't that great that a 21-year-old is in love with the Beatles? Oh, she's a massive oh, yeah. rock fan. Massive yeah. rock fan. Oh, huge. Yeah, yeah. It was really hard to hear David Crosby passing, too, because that's yeah. my, one of my favorites, too. Oh, so. man. 
Uh, so, yes, you're going to be on board as a digital assistant. How exciting is that? Oh, my God. It's a dream. Like, seriously. I've been listening to the station since I was, like, a kid. Like, really little. <laughs> yeah. And it's just a dream come true to, like, work within this environment. Like, you guys wow. are just the best. You so. deserve it. Your work yeah. ethic is exemplary. And, and, and really, leave. you helped us tremendously during the, uh, the camp out. All you guys did a great job. Are so. you saying you get to work here and sleep in a little bit more? Like you don't have to be here at <laughs> yeah, 5.30 yeah. in the morning? I She's actually got a job. And I got the job. Wow. <laughs> and now maybe you'll get a pass. You won't have to wait for us to show up. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I won't have to run in on Casey or Kathy's heels. <laughs> Other than the hours, have you had fun hanging out here in the morning with us? I, it's going to be so hard to not intern here. Like, I've li- literally, you're not going to keep me away. Like, yeah. I'm going to be here for the end of the show, like, every day. Like, I'm going to be like, hey, guys, what's up? Like, you're not going to get rid of me. Awesome. Well, yeah. you're the best. We're happy to have Thank you on board. Thank you. Yeah. And, Thank you guys. Uh, anything else? I think we're good. Yeah. Well, we love you. You're yeah, great. We're very, very, very happy for you. Yeah. Let's hear Regina. Yeah. All right. Uh, now we'll get uh, our letter of the day, Pierre, I guess so. Yes. All right, we'll do that. Kristen and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the President Steve Show is brought to you today by the letter. E as in eternal. Okay, and we will take call number four at 215-263-WMMRC if you know the word of the week. And if you do, it's a really cool prize that is up for grabs. So give us a call right now. If you're just tuning in, we had a lengthy discussion with uh, Pierre about the uh, untimely passing of, of Jerry Blavitt and uh, David Crosby. Uh, so I'm sure some of that's going to continue into your show today. Well, um, it's Paul Stanley's birthday. is going to do a block of Kiss. We're going to put that off till next week. Okay. And um, uh, the wild thing about, uh, or cosmic, or whatever you want to call it, synchronicitous, uh, about Jerry passing today is National DJ Day. We were yeah. just talking about and, that, yeah. I mean, how bizarre is that? Uh, that, you know, he, he, maybe he waited until 3.45 to depart uh, <laughs> so he could technically be on today. I don't know. But um, so we, we'll do a whole bunch of DJ blocks or DJ songs, and we can work a lot of the Geeter into that and, and will. And then a block for David, obviously. One last uh, Crosby story. CSNY were playing on one of their reunion tours um, just a few years back at Madison Square Garden. I went there, and they'd always do electric, and they'd do an acoustic set. And the quietest song of the evening is a Crosby song, which we'll play today, called Guinevere, mm-hmm. from that first album. And invariably, when I would see these guys, any f- one of the four of them, someone, when they'd go acoustic, would yell something out from the audience, and it made me nuts. Yeah, I mean, since I was a kid seeing them, I would go... Shut the F up and let them play what they want to play. And it would always throw them off. And so, and I just had had 25 years of it at that point, maybe 30 years of people yelling out during the... Where's Neil? Shut the F up. <laughs> and this guy was about two seats away from me. I'm on the floor about 10 rows back at Madison Square Garden. I had a full glass of water, a bottle of water. And he goes... You're killing it, man. It's too quiet. It's a buzzkill. And... I threw the gla- the whole entire contents of the water, not the. I held on to the actual bottle, but the entire contents hit him and spilled all the way down his suit. And he goes, "This was a beautiful suit," and I go, "Not anymore." <laughs> and I told it, and then I, I, security was on me. I had an all access pass. The next thing I know, I was on Eighth Avenue. And you got bounced from I, they, a CSN. They yanked me from my. Prime seats took me like a criminal through the place, re- stole my all-access pass, threw me out on the street, and um, 
But I told, uh, then I snuck back in. <laughs> and uh, the same guy that threw me out saw me backstage at the end of the show. He goes, how'd you get back in here? I go, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, actually, I just walked in the front door. They had stopped taking tickets, yeah. at, you know, by the end of the show. Yeah. But I told it to Crosby. He goes, I always liked you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, so we'll do a lot of David Crosby. Okay, excellent. Uh, we're looking for a winner. We're looking for call number four. It's Troy. Let me go to Troy. Hi, Troy. Good morning. Boner alert. <laughs> Boner alert. Excuse me, what? All right. Boner alert. There it is. Uh, Troy, what's our word of the week, please? Uh, I think it's sauce. Great. Stay in the morning. Yeah. All right, Troy. Dude, we... He's total burn alert. Oh, he's total burn alert. All right, listen, we've got the hookup for you. Impractical Jokers, we have the mega VIP prize pack, so this is an opportunity. You get to introduce, and it sounds like you've got the mouth to do it. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Q, Murr, and Sal to the crowd at Freedom Mortgage Pavilion on Friday, February 3rd. Plus, we're going to give you a meet and greet. You get to meet the guys. You get a backstage dressing room to chill out with some snacks and drinks. You get four of the best seats in the house. You get transportation to and from the show and a full merchandise pack as well, my man. Oh, man. Thank you guys so much. That's so freaking awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we are so happy. Hang on, Troy. That's what I like to hear. A happy one, which is cool. All right, let me take a moment to thank our sponsors. President Steve Show is brought to you today by Dunkin'. Uh, the President Steve Show runs on Dunkin'. Also brought to you by Acme Markets, Fresh Foods, Local Flavors, and by Trinity Rehab with locations all over and now open. Where's the music? Oh, uh, somebody hit. I don't, I don't know. I can't do it without my Russian guy. I got you. There's nothing on here. Yeah, hang on a second. I hit the button and I started to hear it. I can't read it. There's no There's no words on it. Hang on. I got to do this. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I'm... Okay. La, 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 la. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. There it is. Also, thank you to Trinity Rehab locations all over and now in uh, King of Prussia as well. Trinity-Rehab.com. Next week on the program, uh, we're going to have comedian Adam Friedland stopping by. We're going to have Chris Porter on the program. Uh, Toure will be joining us. And a uh, very special birthday next week. Oh, really? Yeah, really. Oh, really? All right, that's it. We're done. <laughs> You die. <laughs> Rage on and have yourself a great weekend. We'll see you later. Bye bye. Hey, everybody. It's good to have you on the map. From our early days of delivering ice and coal, Griffith Energy Services has been a leader in having the right comfort solutions for you. Folks rely on Griffith for everything from heating oil and propane to HVAC service, installation and repair, and so much more. Griffith Energy Services, doggone dependable for 125 years. Griffith specializes in train, but services all brands. Visit Griffith Energy Services today. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. License number MTHVACR012278.